Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to the Extraplasm Podcast. I'm Jim Maritato, your host, also known as Vink Maniac. Joining me this week on the Extraplasm Podcast as my guest co-host and sort of, I will say, the ancestral person who gave birth to this in a way and that he was very supportive and helpful and very kind. I want to welcome to the podcast Craig Goldberg of the Yes Have Some Podcast and Toy Anxiety on YouTube. Thank you. I love that I'm ancestral. I've been wanting to be for a while. Like, I think there's some uh, yes, have some <laughs> DNA that exists in this podcast a little bit, you know, like I, I've definitely listened to your podcast for a long time and said, what should an interesting podcast sound like? So, <laughs> well, first of all, I appreciate it. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, and congratulations. This is awesome. I think starting a podcast is something that uh, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been doing it a long time. I have a new idea for a new show every other week (laughs) and I have to ensure that I don't completely burn myself out uh, with all the stuff that we, we try to take on. So I love that you're doing it. I think it's amazing. I think there's so much room for Ghostbusters content to be created and uh, you know, worked on and, and I don't know to be put out there because they're, they're really for, for, for a franchise that is this big and this well-known there's not that much dedicated content or there's sure. not that many dedicated content creators that go beyond, you know, like a Facebook group or something like that. So I think it's awesome, man. Uh, the fact, what is this? Is this episode four? This is episode five. Um, so you've done it. You've already made it. That's so it's fun. I kind of think it's kind of funny because Chris Stewart was on last week and you're on this week and it's sort of just back to back happened that. I have podcasting OGs of the ghost busting scene <laughs> like back to back. And oh he was like, God. you and made that, it I'm in an episode OG four. Now. And now you're like, you made it in episode five. And I'm like, what happens when I get to episode six? Like, do I get it? It's never <laughs> happened. No one's ever done it. No one's ever made it. <laughs> Other than you guys. Six. That's it. Um, and maybe nope, Black Firehouse podcast five. made it to six. That's true. You know, so they made it to six. Got to give. Yeah. And that's cool. I love the black firehouse podcast and I love what the guys at the containment unit do. Yeah. I, I think there's like specific pockets, mm-hmm. you know, the black firehouse, like they're covering the deep dives on props and, and yeah. Uh, costume builds and stuff like that. And then what you're doing is uh, more akin to like what the cross rip did, which is, you know, covering the latest uh, news and you're doing it at a great time. Let me just tell you this. Thank you. <laughs> because Ghostbusters. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't pick al- that. I didn't make that happen at all, but I'll take credit for that. Thank you. <laughs> well, Ghostbusters is an ebb and flow franchise. It's not constant content yeah. being pushed out every year. There's more than there used to be. Thank God. But now you kind of have this, this year to, to build towards whatever's coming next and the new movie and everything. And you have this like, you know, you can kind of build a a, a following and get yeah. it out there, and, and like you're you're doing it. It's awesome. Well, I'm it. thank you. I appreciate that, and that's 
you know, at the same time, there's other podcasts that are starting up that are also like, you know, Prince is dead podcasts happening over in the UK. So we're going to have to have an international podcast war soon. Um, or just a summit. Cool. Maybe, you know, like I've been joked with Ecto crank, uh, that, you know, we need to have a summit. We're going to have delegates, uh, to come from the podcasts of around the world and we'll have to have that summit soon. But yeah, I mean, it's a great time to be doing this and it's a great time cause it's like there's six projects coming out, but like you all were paving a little bit of the podcast way during the time when it was like, wow, we're going to see a Ghostbusters movie again. And that's amazing. And kind of broke the ground on that. So I, you know, not to be like, Hey, let's just keep giving each other credit over and over again for the next 45 let's minutes. Just make this a big, <laughs> I don't wait. I, what's the language rule on this podcast? Oh, well, well I'll keep it clean. I'll keep it clean. The I'll language clean. rule is that we try not to work blue, but we inevitably accidentally do. And then we don't click the explicit sure. box because we know that the explicit box messes up algorithms. So we kind of just let things happen. And then we kind of just upload things and kind of forget to click the explicit box. So for those yeah. of you with Apple moderators out there using some algorithm <laughs> to listen to this and uh, figure it out, you've now know the scheme. Sorry. I've always assumed that there was some sort of AI component that was, you know, figuring out <laughs> if it was bad or not, or, you know, the language or whatever. I don't know. We, we knew Abby, Jake and myself are <laughs> sailor like in our stay puffed, like sure. in our, our choice of language. And I generally, um, I mean, so, when I get off of the pod, I, I become this torrent of words that is just like, can you believe this? <laughs> like we talked about, cause I, it's, I'm a New Yorker right. who's Irish and Italian. This is like, there you go. Guttural, you know, exists in me. I just swear. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting too. Like we, we've always, we never intended to be like a Ghostbusters podcast. And we're not, we're really not. Sure. We're very associated with Ghostbusters. We cover it uh, as much as we can. And when, when, when like when afterlife's coming out, it's like we convert, <laughs> we, we are now a Ghostbusters podcast for the next three months, but we try to, uh, you know, we cover as a lot, you know, a lot of movies and yeah. TV and, genre and stuff and um you're the number one leprechaun podcast on the internet number one leprechaun podcast number one child's <laughs> play podcast we're uh we we brought back mark holton that's true <laughs> the resurrection did. of mark holton we brought him back uh you certainly so, helped keith coogan's relevance become elevated uh over time uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're trying to do for for 80s and 90s actors we're trying to Bring them back into the uh, dude. I'm the fold. I wanted you to know that on several occasions I've thought about buying a cameo from Zach Galligan to send to you just to (laughs) just because he has not come on your podcast and I know you tried for so hard for so long. Here's the thing about Zach Galligan, not to not to derail, but Zach Galligan, star of Gremlins and um, Gremlins Two, and so much more since then. uh, I think maybe I don't know if that I don't know if that part was true, but I'm sure he's done a lot of work and. he, I, you know, I did want to have him on the podcast because Gremlins is near and dear to our, all of our hearts. Sure. And it's very adjacent to Ghostbusters in the sense that, you know, it was released the same day. Yeah. It's 1984. Like, literally, they were in competition with each other. and They're both great movies. Um, and th- that's why he will not come on my chest. <laughs> um, no, I just, <laughs> he does a lot of conventions and he lives in Atlanta. So I, we see him. Yeah. You know, once or twice a year at some sort of, you know, con at one at Days of the Dead last year, which is kind of a it's like a horror convention. They they do in different cities all around. And uh, 
we were walking by, maybe it was two years ago, we were walk, I just happened to be walking by his table. And you know when you catch somebody mid-conversation, yeah. you just kind of hear like the middle of their thought? So I'm walking by and I hear him like going. And then what I think they could do is like, so Gizmo's back at this point. And I'm like, oh, he's just pitching <laughs> Gremlins 3 to innocent bystanders, <laughs> which I love. So good, good for them. That's good awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that you have supported this podcast and that you've like Tony Taylor was on a few weeks ago. He was talking about the support and sort of like collaboration that you offered um, to him. Austin was on um, not He's not been on yet, but Austin Young from uh, Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters and builder of great proton packs uh, will be on this podcast shortly because I already recorded that interview. And um, oh, awesome! so he's going to be on soon. And he sort of talked about, you know, your ability to help connect people with others. And I think that this is one of those things I want to say before we talk about other stuff that I just wanted to say, you've done amazing work with taking um, the, let's say exposure, the connections that you have made within the Ghostbusters fandom and helping to spread them to other people. So thank you because like you've been instrumental in a lot of people figuring out like I can do a thing and I didn't know I could <laughs> like, and oh, I think that's well. really awesome that your podcast gave birth to those things so and then I'll stop just congratulating because we're eight minutes into yeah we're awesome no keep <laughs> keep going this is good you know if I if I took lessons I learned early on in the Ghostbusters community I would take every opportunity I was ever given or fortunate enough to come across keep it for myself <laughs> gatekeep push other people away and you know what's funny <clears throat> I'm gonna use this tonight's my platform to to vent about a few things you're no, allowed this is a Ghostbusters There's community podcast so this is where that's you know there's people who think I know this for a fact there are people who have the wrong impression, I think, of what Abby, Jake, and I do. And it's only people who don't listen to the show. Right. Because if you listen to the show, if you listen to one episode, you kind of get like the, the, the I hope there's a, a small touch of self-awareness that there's a little bit of a tongue in cheek in, yeah. in almost everything that we do and say. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's like an important like. Because at the end of the day, I just, I love doing this stuff. And as far as like helping out other people, like we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without Troy, Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Because when we started YHS, like I was a big fan of the cross rip and, you know, I was like hitting up Troy. I didn't really know him. And I was just like, Hey, I love your show. Like I have a podcast. Like he could have easily just been like, I roll whatever, who cares? Yeah. But like, they were so kind and so welcoming and supportive and we got to do and they continue tons to of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they're, they're the best. And like, we've, you know, there's been so many dinners and so many, you know, the fact that like Troy's in California and Chris is in, you know, Canada. And these are people we've gotten to meet and gotten to, to become, I consider them both friends and uh, it's amazing. It's, it's really cool. It's awesome. Yeah, I should have actually introduced you with your proper title, which was Friend of the Podcast. Podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, no, and like people like Austin Young, who I've known forever, is is like I, I'm looking forward to that interview because he is an incredible prop builder and yeah. like a genuinely good person. And uh, Tony Taylor, incredibly talented, and and you know, and what you're doing, like I love when people do like. <laughs> How cool is it to to have an idea and to create something from nothing? Mm -hmm. 
And now you have a podcast and you've, you're on iTunes and Spotify and whatever. And you're five episodes in like there's, there's, and it's a good feeling. I said this to someone recently that my viewpoint, I think about podcasts the way that, um, the way stand up comedians, I think, think about podcasts, which is for them is that the podcast is in a way, not entirely the product. The podcast is the community, which then becomes a place for people to generate and create good intellectual product. Right. So it's like, that's sure. That's sort, of, sort of where your maker communities and things come out of. And so when I started this podcast, somebody said, what do you want it to be? And I was like, I don't know, in a way ghost PR. <laughs> I was like, that's, I like right, going on Instagram right. and making dumb stories about people's stuff and sharing them. So why not put that into like an audio format that people could listen to and talk about? And so, um, yeah, well, we can stop having the, the circular, you know, sort of circling the same thought about, the impact of podcasts and stuff. But when Jason Reitman shouted out podcasts um, and the wake of COVID and said that podcasts had a really positive impact on him, um, I thought that was true for sure. Cause I think that like my, even being stuck in the house, my regular interactions started stemming from interacting with like your podcast forum and from people from the cross rip and stuff. And we were all waiting for that movie to come out. And I think that, you know, you created, you created a, a good community space for people to have that wait happen and I will say this, if you're a, a sane, reasonably minded, uh, <laughs> self-aware uh, kind of person who's able to get engaged in playful discussion of things with others, much like my friends from high school who I still love, like that's how I thought when I felt about your podcast, I listened to it and go, this is like sitting around with my friends, like this is what's cool about this, it's like sitting around with this, the same kind of personalities of self-aware people who can joke about things. If that's your bag and you're not part of like the YHS, the Yes Have Some Group Therapy group on Facebook, like you should totally go there now because um i'm so thank you, you know, i appreciate that i'm so proud of that group because facebook is a nightmare yeah like and that group is not i would not well i would not be on facebook the podcast is the only thing that keeps me there um we have had very little drama yeah in the five like i think we've you know there's probably 1500 people in there i think we've only had to ban like three people <laughs> yeah right which is god that there has that's a record that has to be a record. it's a fairly so. it's a fairly self-regulatory group and of people who kind of get that like hey this is how to right. be kind and that's what i like about right. the group is it's like you set a good quality norm and this is what it means to be a, a normative kind person uh <laughs> to other people when you're on the internet uh you know also it's like um the toy anxiety, which is our other, our YouTube, it, it's, it's so hard to explain because it's, it's still YHS, but it's kind of become its own yeah. separate brand. And we're relaunching the YHS YouTube channel and all sorts of stuff that's boring and we won't talk about it now. But, um, I did, people like to give me a lot of crap on toy anxiety because toy anxiety is more like pro wrestling. Like we're all amping up our personalities by 10 to 20% mm, sure. at any given time. And I think my favorite thing in group therapy the other day, somebody was ragging on me for something. Oh, because I said I never watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which whatever. I probably deserve to be ragged on. Uh, <laughs> but I said, but I what I replied to that person was, I said, no, no, no. The character I play on Toy Anxiety <laughs> said that. I said no such thing. So. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. I love it. Community is a big part of it. Um and, uh, you know, the Ghostbusters community, like any fandom, has its uh, pockets of insanity, but we try, yeah, we try I mean, to keep it on the I level. I recognize I'm, like, running a podcast, like, Ghostbusters fan community, and within the first 15 minutes of this episode, I'm going to make fun of people who are in the Ghostbusters fan community, but... 
I will say, like, I think that there's a thing about your podcast that kind of recognizes how much we all run around and like, like your po- your podcast forum is the place where it's totally safe for me to make the joke and say, oh, look, a shopping cart full of things inside of a Walmart. It must be that guy who's keeping all of the toys from me, right? Because it's right. like, we've all seen right. that post in every right, Facebook right. group, sure. right? And it's like, right, but right. the Yes Have Some group becomes the place where we could actually joke about those things and be like, how many shopping cart photos have you seen of the Plasma series full? Like, I have 12 of them. Look at me. And you're like, wow, way, way to go. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the Sonic uh, spoons to come out because I'm going to buy like a hundred of them and there's going to be some guy in like Ghostbusters. I won't even call out names. Some some other Facebook groups and they're going to be like, this is why I can't find them. It's like ignoring the fact that he doesn't have a Sonic, no Sonic within nearby, 300 right? miles of his house. <laughs> right. But me because I got two Slimer spoons. Yeah. It was me. <laughs> but I mean, like, that that's part of fandom, right? And I think it's funny as you look at how uh, culturally people interact and it becomes one of those things that we're all we all play nice we're all like we're all part of the same Ghostbusters family and then the minute there's some new release that comes out it's like you have an ultimate box set how did you get that did you you got two right. you, you put one on eBay what's wrong with you and it's like oh right. god relax right. dude it's okay must be nice <laughs> must be nice to be you and not me must be nice to get proton packs that belong to kids in the hospital <laughs> oh <But. laughs> Did you and Austin talk about we that? We did. We'll save that because okay. it's on the next we'll episode. But. I, that was like, my <laughs> eyes were rolling so hard that I had to pull over. If you haven't seen, you'll hear about this in a future episode if, you haven't, if you're not aware of what this is already. <laughs> but um, just believe me, when people even do nice things in the Ghostbusters community, sometimes there are shoves and zools who come by. <laughs> yeah. Know. Well, you can't. I mean, it's like you can't win. You cannot win. Like we literally like commissioned a proto. A lot of people put a lot of money and time. Yeah, and we drove to, to Arkansas. Which to props to you for proto- being part of this because it is what's the to tease the next episode. Austin's on. We're he's talking tease about the next episode. This proton pack like delivery the- to podcast to co- it's Logan Kim. Yeah, so <laughs> it's Logan Kim, uh, who's in Cincinnati this weekend. Oh, right doing. He's doing another signing. Actually, it was supposed to be him and McKenna yeah. Grace, uh, the two stars of Ghostbusters. McKenna Grace, the new Bill Murray. Um. The new Bill Murray, <laughs> who is hard to get a, you know, you can't get a signature. She's throwing people cell phones off playing, restaurants. She's playing in all these golf tournaments, you know. <laughs> it'd be kind of awesome if like all of a sudden she was going out she's like where's mckenna grace nobody can see where she is she she fired her agent she only has an 800 number now and she's been showing up at all these mini golf tournaments (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can't believe mckenna grace is playing the pebble beach pro-am this year yeah you know but uh that it is kind of fun though i was watching videos recently of like the kids from the movie right before the movie came out and watching her exuberance about you know, just the things that are happening in her life as she's becoming like, kind of going to premieres and things and uh, being interviewed. And I read the Entertainment Tonight article about um, the eulogy speech that Jason Reitman gave for Ivan Reitman, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But there was a little like video attached to it. And the video was from last year when the movie came out. And it was like Jason sitting down at a table talking with the cast members and Carrie Coon's on one end and she's in this like big billowy dress and he's on the other end of the table and the kids are in the middle and she just turns around and she's like, 
when I was on set, I didn't know what to do because like you were directing me and your dad was directing me and then Bill Murray was directing me and I didn't know which of you to listen to. And he says this thing to her, which I thought was so funny. He says, what you should do in that situation for next time is that you should listen to Bill. You should smile at my dad and you should just look at me and nod. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. That's awesome. Like <laughs> Exactly. So good advice there's a little replay of a thing i watched on the internet and over explained i've seen that i remember that video i took in every second of every piece of ghostbusters content yeah because it was because i knew i was like it's never going to be like this again right even with it we're gonna have a new movie come out it's gonna be great we're we're all gonna love it but it won't be be that anticipation of like 30 some odd years i was like losing sleep daydreaming at three in the morning about what will it be like yeah. to see this movie well i'm gonna ask you to daydream in a little bit because one of the things i want to ask you about like by the time we finish this is i want to ask you about uh, ghostbusters side quests and what ifs so like what are some things that you would like want to like things that were in the movie and i'll talk about this a little bit but i, I side sure. questing yeah. is Let's a thing that's been on my brain about ghostbusters lately but love it before we get Love into a that good side um, quest we should probably at least handle some of these ghostbusters headlines um and so sure. we'll take a moment to handle some news Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. On in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Yixtra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. All right, so our first story in our headlines this week, uh, I want to touch back to last week, actually. We talked about the, um, the Los Angeles firehouse for Ghostbusters being in a YouTube video by Adam the Woo. And I had said this thing that we haven't seen the firehouse in so long. And I completely forgot when I said it, that the YouTuber Ghost Beacon had a series of videos early in the year. And I just wanted to give him a shout out. Cause that was like, when he got access, I was like, wow, we haven't seen it in so long. And Adam the Woo's videos like clearly gives us the most up to date thing. But I realized I did not give Ghost Beacon credit last week and it made me feel bad. So um, I love Ghost Beacon. Yeah. I, I, I met him we met him multiple times. He, uh, he's at a lot of events. Uh, I think Phil, his name's Phil. Yeah. I forget right now. And I'm sorry. Like, if no, it's <clears throat> Phil. His name's Phil. He's a great guy. I love that guy. We, we, uh, we, uh, where do we meet? Maybe at Ectofest. Cause he was at Ectofest, but I, I did not say hi at Ectofest. And I said I should have, cause I felt like a jerk. Oh, you know where we met at New York Comic Con last year ah, was the okay. first time we met. Yeah, gotcha. Yep, he's a great dude. But yeah, I should have said hello to Go Speaking at Ecto Fest, but I was doing my normally socially awkward thing and also saying hi to you and then being like, I hope I don't make an ass of myself. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so, um, there's your inside baseball of what it's like to meet me. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> but here's inside baseball of what it's like to meet me. <laughs> It's usually me talk, talking to Abby and Jake about like, now we're going to meet people today. They're going to know who you are. Possibly <laughs> they're going to recognize you from the show. You got to be nice to people. You can't cold <laughs> shoulder people. Even if you're having social anxiety, they don't know that they think you're a jerk. <laughs> uh, it's okay. So be I, nice. I have a, I understand some of this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a normal thing. We all go through. I always, like a hundred percent give people the benefit of the doubt when I meet them, because I know like, especially like coming out of COVID, we didn't see anybody for two oh, years. Yeah. No one knows how to act in public anymore. Everyone's got masks on. No one knows, no one knows what's going I've on. I've had so many like awkward interactions with people after since COVID. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm sorry. I haven't had a lot of practice in a while. <laughs> like I just right, completely right. fucked this up. But, you know, yeah, my, 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 
my inbox is filled with messages from people that say are saying something along the lines of, um, did I offend you somehow? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just kidding. Is, but there is a lot of that in the world of textual communication in COVID. Like, hey, I don't know if That's I might horrible. have done something wrong. So um, speaking of things that maybe didn't go so right, apparently the fun.com Ghostbusters proton pack will be delayed until next year. Um, it's an interesting oh. turn of events because uh, I think that they didn't think they were going to have the terror dog out and the stay puffed out this year and it was supposed to come out next year. Somehow that managed to make it out, but this proton pack will not. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not, you know, this is, it, it's a proton pack. I think. Which one is it? This is, fun, is it this? the fun.com one. Which, it's like the rubber one. No, it's not rubber. It's a full, it's a full size pack. But if you look at it, like all of its greeblies and cables and things, appear to be repurposed from the spirit pack. So it's like okay. a beefed up spirit pack with a new wand. And then it has uh, a mock Alice frame on it. And I think it's retail price was somewhere around four to $500. So it's like a, I would oh. say a cheap competitor to the Haslab pack, if you will, uh, okay. except that it has I'm its own at wand. It it's, it's a little rough. Um, it's, you know, I think they're trying they're trying to make a full size pack, but um, I, I think w- fun needs to change their name to wish. <laughs> <laughs> but it's licensed like it looks like i mean it looks like a proton pack it does. no for sure it looks like a proton pack smells like proton pack <laughs> you know but it's it's a little off you know the dimension's a little awkward sure. and i think you could say a lot about the spirit halloween proton pack and that people are like it's small it's a kid's pack it's a this but the one thing you can say about it is it's proportionate um it, it is even though it's 85 percent down it's affordable and proportionate and uh, this go. has some really awkward proportions and almost seems like they took the 85% scaled down greeblies and parts and LEDs and figured out how to work them into a bigger shell. Um, but it won't be out this year. So if you were holding out for that, I'm real sorry. You can't get that. You got to look for something else. Um, try try Spirit Halloween for real though, because I know spirit packs are not online, but I walked into my spirit here and there were like seven spirit packs just sitting on the floor just buy them let me ask you this because i don't know the answer spirit packs is there a difference between the one in the box with the kid on it and the one in the box with the adults on it yes there is the one with the box the box with the kid on it is the old pack so it's like the gen one pack except it's black it's not gray Whereas the one with the adult on it, at least this has been my experience in the store. I don't know about online, but these are the ones I saw this year. The box that had the kit on it was the old pack with the tiny ribbon cable. And um, it wasn't gray, though. I think it was black, but it doesn't have the green like army straps on it, right? Because it's got the old backpack straps that are black. Okay. Whereas the one with the adult on the box is the deluxe proton pack that costs $10 more and has the green straps, has the fatter ribbon cable. And the other difference is that the lights actually go around in a circle, whereas the old version of the Proton Pack, the lights just lit. They all flickered all at the same time. There you go. The more you know. I thought they were the same. No, they're a little bit different. Um, But, you know, if I still say as much as people don't, not everybody loves them. uh, I have one. I love my Spirit Pack. It has a Maddie wand and it gets me by and I'm a happy person. But my HasLab gets here, I'll be very excited. So, you know. When your HasLab Proton Pack gets there, you're going to probably throw the other one away no i'm just gonna no, do that. i'll probably mount it on the wall honestly because it's a collectible like i i i don't get into the spirit pack stuff no like, it's, it because <laughs> because i find all sides of the arguments to be insane yeah like i find the person who is like 
outwardly bashing spirit packs to be like just as eye roll to me as the person who has a spirit pack and wants to argue with prop builders about why theirs is the same. It's right. just like everybody stop. Yeah, no, it doesn't like he, Bill Murray said it, right? What was it? Meatballs. It just doesn't matter. It just <laughs> doesn't no, matter. It really doesn't. And in my context, like I'll say this, I never had the materials or the skills to build the thing. Uh, I never had the space to build the thing. So I, I made the thing I could by buying things off the shelf and putting them together. And at some point, it became a lot easier to go, wait, I could just go 85% scale back and save my back from an injury, from an accident and stuff, like a lot of aggravation. Sure. So that's why it's kind of like movies, you know, like not everybody has to like uh, all the Ghostbusters movies. You don't have to remind everyone all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, that one. Do you like that one? Which is, <laughs> I, I hate, I hate that so much. It just, it really... Like just get off of it. It's just ha- it's enough. We can just just like what you like. It's uh. If anybody listens to please move. If any, every, anybody listens to Judge John Hodgman podcast, which I really enjoy, one of his rules of the his court is people like what they like, and that's okay. So that's a good rule. Yeah. So no fun proton pack is what it, how this little piece of information started, uh, and they're now saying January first, twenty twenty three, uh, and I don't just I in don't, time for Halloween. Yeah, well, it'll be just in time for uh, to start the new year. For you can maybe get it right for your New Year's celebration of Ghostbusters too. I'm sure that you saw this. This was not we talked about this last week of the podcast, but I wanted to ask you this for a second because I thought about it. Um, <laughs> you've seen the orchestra thing that's happening, right? Oh yeah. So with Dan Aykroyd's amazing video where he's he, I don't know if you heard my theory on this is that Dan Aykroyd is Ray Stance and Ray Stance is Dan Aykroyd. Now they're just one character, one person. I did. And here's something nobody's pointed out, or that at least I haven't seen. That video is from five years ago. Is it really? That is the yeah. That that is the video. <laughs> that is the video that. Listen, Dan Aykroyd is in Ontario, and he yeah. is not leaving. He is stationed <laughs> there. He is newly divorced. You know, he he comes into the states to to do. Blues Brothers shows, you know, once in a blue moon. But yeah. I, I do not think, uh, no, yeah, that video was um, whenever they first did the orchestra. Well, I think it was for the 35th anniversary year. I think was so. When they yeah. first started doing that, and I, because I remember that video. And then Abby sent it to me the other day, and I was like, "This is I've seen this before. This is the same thing. It's amazing. I'm, gl- I'm glad I it resurfaced." It. Yeah, but yeah, what I was thinking is that they're doing a show in Milwaukee. And the dates in Milwaukee are on December 31st and January 1st. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't do that's you don't do the Bernstein score. That's the Edelman score. You have to do Ghostbusters 2 night. Yeah. Like if you you have to do Ghostbusters (laughs) 2 orchestral on New Year's Eve. Are you kidding me? Like (laughs) so a couple things struck me looking at the the tour dates because there's only seven or eight of these shows. Yeah. And I I think for context, people should understand this is not like. There's not an orchestra on tour, you know, doing <laughs> <In> a bus <laughs> these, like, yeah, <laughs> in a bus with like There's Slimer on the front of it. The Ghostbusters right, right. Orchestra tour. <laughs> no, Slimer's driving the bus. Um, it's like the coming out of our shells tour, except with yes, an orchestra. <laughs> yes. So these are you know local orchestras that do it in different towns, but <laughs> they're they're playing the B and C towns. Yeah, they're playing Youngstown. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're playing, playing Nashville. Toledo. To be fair, you know, don't 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 Nashville's don't, good. You know, don't hurt the Tennessee people. But <laughs> no, Nashville. <laughs> that, we maybe I'll go to Nashville. It's only three and a half hours. 
Um, I've seen, I've never seen Ghostbusters uh, live orchestra like that, but I have seen Jurassic Park and it is really, it's a fun experience. Worth, yeah. If you can go, go. Yeah. I'm, I will not be going because the closest one to me is in Fresno. So um, Fresno, that's a bit and of a that's drive. Northern California. Yeah. Right? That's NorCal. I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, but if you're up in Fresno, there is a Fresno Ghostbusters. They could go. Um, they could totally check it out. So, uh, my next sort of merch news, and we'll kind of hit merch, merch news, and then we'll talk about the event thing that we're going to talk about. Uh, so, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is coming. It's like next month is it's going to be its release. Uh, the collector's edition was revealed this week, and Ghostbusters News had some of the images that were actually, I think they came from Rahu Kohli's. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, although I have watched um, him on that show with the zombies that the zombie lady who eats brains. Um, Midnight Mass. No, that's he's not great. The one. By the way, <laughs> but, <laughs> he's awesome. He's a great actor. He's great. Yeah, no, good he's, Twitter follow too. He's a uh, he is. I've actually and I've seen him in a bunch of different things, and he's really interesting. He's actually the voice of Evo Shandor in this game, and um, his Evo Shandor is disembodied and speaks through the pages of Tobin's spirit guide in the game is my understanding. So he tweeted <laughs> um, a picture of, cause he has the actual collector's edition in hand. And so he tweeted a picture out and he said, uh, this is ridiculously cool. The collector's edition case for Ghostbusters spirits unleashed is a replica of Tobin's spirit guide. That makes this the first action figure of a character I play, which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So yeah, I, I saw, Look, I was I'm not a big gamer. I do have a PS5 and I I play I have a couple games I like to play that are just like mindless, you know, don't yeah. take a lot of effort. I'm not out there trying to collect, you know, diamonds or stones or whatever people do on video games. Sounds like something people would do on a video game, collect diamonds. Uh <laughs> like on Zelda or something. But I you know, I was a fan of the the 09 game and I yeah. I did order the special edition once I saw the uh, the reveal. Because it comes with a stand. So yeah. as a Ghostbusters collector who, not that you asked, but I can volunteer, I am not a Ghostbusters completist. And as time goes on, I'm buying, you know, I'm I'm more, I have the ability to pass on things. Like sure. I didn't buy the Mego set. I didn't either. Uh, I think they're very cool. Yeah. But I just don't need another version of the four Ghostbusters. I just right. don't. I just, I've got, <laughs> I just don't. No, I hear um, you. <laughs> but this is, is cool. I, have, I like how many do we each have just from each other knowing what we have, you know, like that's what you and I both right. know how much Maddie stuff we both have, you know, so like we oh. exchanged some of that even. So, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, 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 I have enough race dance figures. <laughs> I really do. Did you ever I'll, think I'll about army building Dan Aykroyd's? <laughs> just <laughs> it would be cool. I do have his Coneheads figure. Like outside awesome. Ghostbusters, there's not there's not that many other uh, Aykroyds. That's true, um, or any of them actually. They didn't make a lot of Dragnet figures, you know. Um. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. I they didn't make any Gone Girl or Gone Girl. <laughs> He's not in Gone Girl. My girl, uh, my Gone Girl, starring Dan Aykroyd and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, or great outdoors or anything like that. But yeah, so as far as, but I just sidetracked this. You're talking about the video It's game. fine. I'm sorry. This is what happens. This is what podcasts I'm do. I'm going to get it is what I'm saying. I ordered, I pre-ordered off Amazon. It'll be cool. Yeah. I, I, my problem is I'm a PC gamer. So. Okay. For me, I'm like, if I want a Tobin spirit guide and a stand, I have to spend the money on 
a copy of a game I can't do anything with. And I guess I could take the game out of the collector's set and be like, I'll put it on eBay and try and sell it. But it's just kind of killing me that I get it. Like PC gamers are all downloading their content from you know Steam or Epic Games or wherever. Right. But it kind of breaks my heart in the way that like they didn't also do a disc release or some sort of even like USB stick release where you opened the book up and there was like a USB stick with the game inside. That'd be cool. Um, it would like, even if it had to authenticate online, it would have been right. a kind of a cool way to include the PC gamers in the, um, in, you know, in the experience of the collector's edition. But, you know, let me sit around I mean, and say I won't comments even, about it. <laughs> the way I am about like, I'm buying it because it's a cool piece of like physical media, but yeah. like, it's like when Afterlife came out on DVD. I bought all the DVDs and Blu-rays, and then they're all unopened, and I just got it off Apple. Did you get the Japanese release? <laughs> so I just release? watched my digital. I don't have the Japanese release. I did get the that box set that sold out. The no, ultimate box set, it's, yeah. It's, the, it's ultimate. It's ultimate. It's, oh, it's going to come out again next year for the 40th <laughs> or whatever. I said that the... Uh, that the European version of the box set was the improved box set because it didn't have the lights in it that will eventually just begin to leak battery acid from inside the box. <laughs> right. And it's like, I don't know why everybody's so excited to have a cardboard box with non-removable batteries uh, for a collector's piece because uh, this is a time bomb. <laughs> That's what I will this say is. this, not to put anybody on blast, but the Afterlife Blu-ray and DVD is trash. <laughs> From 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 a special feature standpoint, it's not good. It's there's there's really with some missed opportunity. By the same token, I give them a lot of leeway because that they produced during COVID, and I imagine right. anything they had planned for like, hey, let's do a recording session for these kinds. They can I'm sure it was really difficult to make that happen unless sure. they did. I'm it sure all we'll via get like an ultimate. You know, we'll so. get a future edition with yeah. a commentary and some deleted I'm, scenes, some deleted scenes like or. Like a lot of deleted scenes, maybe we'll see. <laughs> a lot of de- director's cut. <laughs> yeah, like, but I'm I'm excited about the game. I'm not gonna be able to get. I don't know if I'm gonna go out and get the collector's edition. I'll be honest because I I, uh, I have a hard time spending money on a thing I can't use, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like that, I, I, I need it. to adopt that philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no use for this. It's, it it does cut down on the number of things you buy. You know, five years ago, I was like, I totally need a Stay Puffed uh, oven mitt. Um, now I'm like, you got about 12 oven mitts. You probably don't need another one. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. You know, yeah. could use it, but. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you, I think every Ghostbusters fan and collector does go through that phase at some point where you just want to buy anything that has Everything. the logo on it. Oh, yeah. It's and just then like, maybe that's every fandom, but like, I mean. You, like with Star Wars, you can't walk into a gas station without finding something Star Wars. I think that's know? true, but I do think also that there's a unique thing about the Ghostbusters fandom, and this is getting a little bit off our news story, but it's fine. Um, <clears throat> that people talk about Ghostbusters merch in a more collectible sense, I think, than some other franchises. Right. So it's like sure. the most random thing, like an oven mitt, becomes like, oh my god. Did you get the oven mitt? And you're like, um, Did you get it? No, I, I'm going to get it later. And then the oven mitt goes out of print and they stop making it. And then people are like, I never got an oven mitt. And they like go to eBay and they spend like $70 on an oven mitt. And you're like, why? And like, well, I needed one. Like, well, but it's just an oven mitt. And I think that that was like in afterlife, sort of think about the toys. Um, 
that was one of the things that happened too, is you watch people worry about the variants of Hasbro toys. Like it's a rare box or it's not a rare box or it's the, and so it's just like kind of a funny thing to think about because. Right. And now those, those rare, those rare boxes are now $10 on big bad toy store. So yeah. Or you can find them on our next story. If you were looking for supersized figures that everybody was chasing down and couldn't find anywhere and was like, oh my God, how am I going to get these? No one has them. Well, your local Ollie store, if you have one near you, is now carrying them for $5.99 each. Uh, and I know Ghostbusters News reported this. I'm going to just throw this out there as a piece of speculation. Uh, if Ollie's get something, who tends to get it next is the 99 cents for less store. Uh, their right. chain tends to get it after Ollie's will get whatever's being pushed around through liquidation or distribution of things. And so you watched Ollie's uh, a couple months ago. They got a bunch of the paranormal plushies that people were chasing down for a while and they were selling them for like 99 cents. And now you could find those at the just for 99 cent store. So uh, if you're not, if you don't have an Ollie's in your area, you should, you're looking for like the 12 inch Ghostbusters figures because you need four more of them and you want them. Or you might have kids who like our little kids who these would be actually really good for. Um, they're like five ninety nine a piece, and yeah. they have. I never like, saw those. I never saw them anywhere, like other than online, you know. So, but I think that's what's happening. I think there's some of the stuff that we never really saw hit retail during COVID, is now escaping from like warehouses or something, or <laughs> like was on and liquid. Those in RTV it. traps, those muncher traps, are showing up. Well, those I as a big tease, I will say that there's a forthcoming episode of this podcast that I did alone that I'm calling. Uh, it's it's called extraplasm spectral speculation edition legends of the hasbro toys uh where i actually i run down like what ports they were delivered to how many were delivered what boats they were on so i might hit you up for some some data because i was gonna do a uh like there's only like one video review of that trap on YouTube and I was Other like, it would be cool to yeah. do. <laughs> like it would. It was like yours and Mood Slime Toaster. I think are the two that are out there. Like, oh, did I do one? Oh, I did do one. Yeah. Well, I want to do another one. I want to do like just a more like well put together like this Ghostbusters story was banned. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh. So. So like, check out when I release this episode. You'll want to like not be like you should listen to my podcast, Craig. But um, that there's a solid like thirty to forty minutes on that trap <laughs> like and what went on so i mean i was depending on you for that information um i kind of went when nuts. it was uh <laughs> well you you had a, a really good i don't know <laughs> a good way of finding out like where they were like because how do i say this without sounding like a jerk anybody who was paying attention could have gotten one if they were just yeah you know if you were because they were available on a couple different websites a yeah. couple different times and i was definitely sharing links and i know that i helped a lot of people like individual people message them and said did you get one here take this link i'm handing these out like communion wafers to the church <laughs> <laughs> so that sorry if that insults anybody i'm like that's probably not the best way that's to put fine. that but <laughs> no listen um, all, nobody knows what the communion wafer is it's 2022 <laughs> people don't you don't do that kind of stuff anymore. We've all moved on. Um, <laughs> I'm in a real fix here, Mike. If um, I was ever in my life thinking about whether or not my I'm worshiping idols and engaging in a false religion, I just compared getting ghost traps to people to handing out communion wafers. All right, that's good. <laughs> Officially, the church won't make any comment on this. Um, Personally, I believe these traps are a sign from God. <laughs> Hey, 
I've said this a million times in my life, but the scene that scene in in Mayor Lenny's office yeah. is the greatest movie scene of all time. Okay, that's the interesting. Best. I I like that scene a lot, but I will tell you just I've, I don't know if I've shared this on this podcast before, but my number one most important scene in all of Ghostbusters that is above and beyond the most influential moment in the movie for me has absolutely nothing to do with the proton pack. It is everything to do with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd sitting on a set of steps, drinking peach schnapps, talking about the difference between the private sector and the academy. Because I yeah. teach. Because you're because you're because <laughs> I teach college. All right. <laughs> I know we're derailing again, but here's yeah, the deal. It's fine. I don't care about ghosts or ghost busting when it comes to Ghostbusters. <laughs> like anytime I hear people ramble on about it would be awesome if they all upgraded the equipment. Who cares? I want to see the Ghostbusters yeah. in casual clothes engaging in lighthearted discussion. Right. It's my favorite <laughs> version of Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's kind of true. It's like those scenes in the lead up before they have a firehouse, before they have any of the equipment. They're great. They're just these great iconic memorable dialogue scenes that, you know, that this stick in your brain and that one to me is sure. one that I always laugh about that every time I hear somebody come with a hair brain scheme <laughs> well, when I was work. a kid I thought I didn't I thought they were drinking medicine because that weird little bottle they're <laughs> drinking a brown bottle of schnapps yeah <laughs> it looks like cough medicine <laughs> um but anyways I digress it's yeah, all good I I, I, uh, I I like Ghostbuster stuff so I'll be buying the video game is that where we were yeah <laughs> that, something that I a good segue we back we, we, yeah I don't know see this is what the problem is with having an organized podcast is that you don't want to <laughs> you just want to it's talk impossible. about what you want to talk about so it's impossible so for those of you listening out there who are like dude could you just stay on task no I'm sorry <laughs> but um, thank you for sticking with it we talked about the kids the, the kids toys the uh, the supersized Ghostbusters oh yeah I'm gonna get those if I go to there's Ollie's near here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it yeah, out. Yeah, you should check it out. Um, last two things then. Uh, on the list of things I don't understand. Uh, this is the, I feel bad because I feel like today, this week is a week of podcasting. I'm like, here's Ghostbusters merchandise. Also, not buying it. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I don't understand tubs. I don't, I don't understand the ducks, the, the, the little, the little yellow, the, <laughs> the little yellow ducks, duck. the Janine duck that's coming out. And I was like, okay. So. Yeah, you, I well, I bought the first round of ducks. You, can I tell? Do you have a second for a quick story? Yeah, let me just contextualize this for anybody who's listening and doesn't know idea what it. tubs, ducks, and melnets means. Or Janine, uh, there is a, a series of rubber ducks out there that are like pop cultural ducks called tubs, T U B B Z, and they are, have recently announced that there is a limited edition, limited to three thousand Janine Melnets tubs vinyl figure that go with the rest of the Ghostbusters line. So there you go. So that, that gives the context. All I was going to say is I have, I don't even know where they are, but like, uh, during the pandemic, when it first started 2020, um, everything was closed for a long time. And depending on what part of the country you are in, you know, (laughs) like where you are, there's stuff that's still closed. Yeah. But in Georgia, it was like four months and then everyone was like, all right, well, we're done with that. Let's move (laughs) on. Um, But the finally when stores started like opening it up, like Abby and I uh, were so eager to get out and go somewhere. We found out, I was like, Oh, GameStop is open. Let's go to GameStop. Yeah. That will be fun. We'll wear a mask, all this stuff. And we went there and they had the tubs <laughs> and I was like, I'm buying these. I don't even care. They're just ducks dressed as <laughs> ghostbusters, but 
it'll feel like the old days where we could go to a GameStop and just buy something mindlessly. Right. So I do have them, but that's funny. You know, I, I mean, I'll be real. If you're into these, if you collect them, it's cool. Like they did a really good job of making a Janine Melnitz. She is wearing like the, uh, the plaid sweater, uh, or sweater vest from the beginning of the movie. And they staged mm-hmm. the photo well and put her behind like a fake desk with her nameplate <laughs> and stuff. And the, the photo is cute, but I just, I, yeah. it, it's on the list of, I go, I don't, I don't know what I would do with this. I, I have too much already. My space danger, uh, as the terminology coming out of YHS group therapy, right? Space danger is a term that comes out of your podcast in my world. But like, um, yeah, like I, there's only so much stuff I can buy and I'm probably not going to grab these tubs, but if you're into this, if you like collect little Kawhi figures and things and, uh, little pop figures, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's pretty unique. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen Janine Melnitz as a duck before. So, you know what's annoying about those things? <laughs> what they don't float. That's what I thought. They they are like they I, sink. I bought them and I was like, oh, it would be cool to get like a, a cool picture of like these things floating in the sink. Like at least I'll get a piece of Instagram content out of it. And uh, it just tipped the top, tipped over. So, yeah, great. There goes my whole plan. That's funny. The whole point of a rubber duck is you're supposed to bring in the bathtub and have fun. Yeah. How can you do that if uh? You know, it just sinks. That doesn't work. Just <laughs> have like a kid, like a six-year-old kid with his Janine and his Egon ducks in the bathtub. It's it's unnecessary, but it, it, it you know, maybe I, there's duck collectors. Maybe there there's a duck timeline. Like we know that like we know that we're going to hear about like versions of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters timelines that have not been heard of before periods in Ghostbusters. Yeah. So maybe there's an alternate universe that like kind of combines DuckTales and Ghostbusters together. And that's where those ducks came from. Um, that's well, the head cannon so. I'm rolling with. <laughs> but um, okay, so coming out of merchandise, and the last story I want to talk about here, and arguably to me the most important. So I don't know why I put it last, but um, there was a screening of Ghostbusters at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery this past weekend, and Jason Reitman was there with the Ecto One as well as this really cool like. I don't know. People aren't talking about this so much, but it was there. Someone built an entire like Zool temple photo op. Like they had a series of like different backdrops and things. And so they built like a, that's you cool. could go and stand at the altar at Zool's temple on the top of, you know, spook central at 55, uh, central park West and beat like take photos in it. So the, the LA ghostbusters have some fantastic photos of them in it because they were at the event. Uh, but the Ecto-1 was there, uh, so like Sony's car, because at first I saw the pictures and I was like, who brought their car? And then I went, wait a minute, that's not right, that is the car. Uh, so Sony came down, uh, Jason Reitman was there, and Entertainment Weekly has a great article about the event. Uh, it's really t- worth taking a look at, but to sort of summarize it, Jason Reitman kind of gave a little bit of a eulogy speech uh, at the beginning of the the movie and talked about you know his dad and what his what he did to come to the U.S., and um, he kind of talked about t- telling people to, uh, ha- laugh and loud, laugh loud enough for his dad to hear it in heaven. I don't know if anybody has video of this and it's part of why I'm kind of covering it is that I haven't seen any video of this. I, I looked for it today and couldn't find it. Have you seen any? Uh, no, no. I just saw a couple pictures, uh, so from the event. If anybody filmed it, uh, and has the access to the video footage of it, that would be a cool thing to share with the podcast. Cause I would love to talk about it. Uh, but it was kind of a, the entertainment weekly story is pretty good and kind of talks about 
his attempt to commemorate his dad in the moment and eulogize him before the film started. And it made me wish that I'd gone. Uh, cause at first I was like, I don't really want to spend $65 and drive all the way down there and <laughs> like deal with going to Hollywood. Uh, but if I'd realized that Sony was bringing a car out and that it was going to be a bigger event, I probably would have gone. So usually I'm pretty in tune with that kind of stuff. Um, even though I'm on a different coast, but I, I didn't hear about anything, uh, relating to that event. Yeah. I didn't uh, either until afterwards. Yep. Me either. So, yeah. so it was kind of strange. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Um, maybe they were downplaying maybe they hadn't committed to it i'm not really sure but um actually you know i just i just got a a breaking news that was actually that was the fan fest screening they finally did it (laughs) at the uh the cemetery because if you remember at fan fest oh yeah originally in the in its earliest form and we all know fan fest changed like every five minutes for three straight months there was a moment where the fan fest screening that was going to be, you know, night one of three yeah. of Fan Fest was going to be at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And then it was going to be on the lot. Mm-hmm. And then what was the name of that theater that they ended up having it at? Is it the Egyptian? Th- is that, that's not the Egyptian. No, theater, it wasn't the it? Egyptian. It was, um, oh, it's going to, it's going to come back to me later. Cause it's like one of the, it's one of the old downtown LA theaters that, uh, does like that one in particular there's a few of them that don't open up that much like they have smaller events in their music halls right so i can't remember oh man where was that this is like one of those moments where i'm like do i want to bang on my keyboard and figure this out um i'm trying to kind of look it up <laughs> like to see um oh, but, unfortunately with the the ticket site's still up but the uh oh yeah there's so much of that still up you dude the wizard i'm pretty sure that the photo database of like all the breakfast photos and all of our like where you could go get the links i'm pretty sure those are up and this is funny i don't know if you've ever realized this but you could totally do this uh for those of you who went to fan fest you received a link that was like you can go download your photos in high definition like at home right. the electronic version of them and th- but they're they're all in sequential order so like the photo file names are like ghost hyphen photo hyphen zero seven zero a, and so right. if you just change it to zero seven one, you can be like, See oh look, else's here's stuff. a photo of John Urkema, <laughs> like, here's a photo of Philip Clark, right? Like here's a photo of this person, and so and for, for those of you who are just like, what did you just name me on your podcast? Yeah, this is why I do that. <clears throat> just name drop. Fanfest was like something something it else. was fun it was fun it was it, we all survived it it was an event and we all came out better for it i think <laughs> i was the first time sure. that the, so hopefully the first sure. and only time that dan Aykroyd was mean to me he was mean to you <laughs> i think i told you this story but if i'm not gonna feel bad telling the story of the podcast because i was like oh you know commemorating commemorating ivan reitman now, but this is it's a good story um uh, when I went to FanFest, I was given the opportunity to, I'm allowed to say I did this and probably nothing else about it. Uh, I was given the opportunity to do Ghostbusters, uh, AR and that was cool. But oh, I did that, that I, too. You did too. And that was, did my, I? The, you did, you did that. Okay. I know gotcha. you did that, but I don't know anything else about what you did, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> Keith uh, Coogan. Yes. I mean, all I know is that when I did Ghostbusters AR, I was told you need to sign an NDA. And then at the end of Ghostbusters AR, they were like, you can take photos of yourself here. And I went, how do those two things stand together in congruity in a legal sense? Am I allowed to post these photos in order to do anything with them? And I was like, we think you're allowed to say you were there. And I was like, okay, cool. And I'm allowed to say I was there. So... Um, <laughs> you can share okay. it with your friends and tell people you Got were it. there. Got, Got it. it. Okay, cool. Got it. So... uh. 
the long and short of it is because I was doing Ghostbusters AR, I was given the ability to move between signings with some pretty awesome flexibility. Um, I was given a wizard world person to just go talk to. So I could like leave one thing and go talk to this person and say, hi, I need to get to this so I can get to that. And they would go cool and walk me to the front of a line, which was absolutely awesome. freaking amazing. So I ended up with this ability to move between groups. I missed Dan Aykroyd signing when he had it without the shoes. So when he had the yeah. shoe signing, Wizard tried to put me in his line. and Put he, him in the shoe line. He was not happy about it. He, uh, There were a few people they were trying to put in the line. He looked at them and he said, These people should have bought shoes. <laughs> if they want to see the video they should have bought shoes right and i was just like oh my god, oh my god. this is gonna be so awful i'm gonna get up there and i've just and so i got up to the line and i handed him i had a stay puffed that i was getting signed by everybody so i have like my big funko pop Oop, i hit my mic uh my big funko pop that's been signed by everyone like a baseball and I handed right. it to him and I tried to hand him a paint pen to use instead yeah. of a regular Sharpie. And I said, thank nope. you so much. I really appreciate this. I love everything that you've contributed. Would you please mind using this pen? And he held up his Sharpie without even looking at me. And he went, this one works fine. <laughs> See, <the laughs> sign his name and <laughs> pushed it back across the table. And I said, thank you very much, Mr. Ackroyd. And I walked away. I was <laughs> just uh, like, yeah. oh God, yeah. that was so cringy. Well, you've seen that there's a video on YouTube of, yeah. of, around that time it was very it's, stressful it's ve- and it's to be real in the timeline of the day it, that video is definitely filmed around the same moment that i interact with him and the video right. he is having a moment with some people from wizard who are making his him frustrated and uh <laughs> and so i believe i may have caught some of the residual of that and uh <laughs> I just choose to believe that I didn't actually meet Dan Aykroyd that day. Who I met was Mr. Zelinsky from Tommy Boy. He, he was did, like, it's not going awesome. to matter. I'm going to own all this entire factory afterwards anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. What's the matter with this pen, son? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this one works fine. It won't matter. I'll this own all the pens after I buy out the big factory in a few moments, won't I? Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The big factory. <laughs> I'm not going to uh, use your pen. I got a nice Canadian-made pen right here. <laughs> uh, listen, <laughs> these are our heroes, but they're all 70 years old, and, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I, by no Although means I am I say, trying to be like, Dan Aykroyd's mean and terrible. He's been very friendly, no. and he's been in very, many contexts. And as much as we were put like through the ringer for FanFest, I think it's always important for us to remember that so were they. Like, you know, they can go it back was to just places, a, but... It was just a, uh, it was just a, a big old cluster. It was, a, you know, it was a day. It was a day. If you were a fan of Root Beer. But a lot of cool stuff happened and it was, you know, <laughs> it was the official, you know, uh, the official unofficial kickoff to Afterlife Times. It, it kind of was. I, I think about FanFest, one of the most amazing things that happened was the, that um, the moment between Jason and his dad on stage in front of us, like yeah, it was talking incredible. about, it was amazing. You know, like what it was to make a film together and how proud he was of his son and what it meant to be in his prime. And you sort of get it, watch him get, you know, real and misty eyed for a moment. And um, I'll always cherish that being there for that. As much as there were so many things that day that people got very frustrated about and it didn't go hot or that were very hot well, and didn't have water. Um. You know, right. <laughs> in, in retrospect, I mean. Now that Ivan's gone, you, you it's, when somebody passes away, you start thinking about 
Yeah. Either missed opportunities or opportunities that you had. And like, I feel so lucky and fortunate that I had multiple opportunities over the years to uh, interact with, with Ivan and get a chance to, you know, chat with him and get a signature and, um, yeah, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. So it, it was, uh, but to, to observe those, those real moments between him and Jason and like, it was the kind of the first, like, you know, up until that point, we were mainly operating out of speculation on the movie. Like we knew some of the casting, we knew Finn Wolfhard was going to be in and we, I think we knew McKenna Grace by that point. We did not know about Paul Rudd. Yeah. It, 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 you know, we, we all thought hey, maybe they'll mention Egon. <laughs> we didn't know the entire oh, movie. There's, was gonna, there's you know. a thing from that, from that fan fest moment that uh, it will always stick with me. Someone asked him, they did a little Q and a, and somebody asked, what do you think you're going to do about the film? Given that Harold Ramis is no longer here. And Ivan took right. this long pause and he looked around and he said, Harold is always with us. Right. Right. Like, and I, in the moment I was like, well, what does that mean? Is that like, right. On the one is hand, Harold's always with us. And it's like, Hey, we're saying the nice thing. Or does that literally mean <laughs> Harold is always with us. And then the movie came out and like, you get to your four Harold and it's like, no, that was the Harold is always with us. That was yeah, the Ivan was Reitman. Done. They told us the whole movie right then. Yeah. The brilliance of Ivan Reitman spinning two plates at once. The one that was right. touching on the emotional moment in the context, but also leaving out like, yeah, here's the, the line we're going with. So, right. Oh, that, and that's what I was going to say is like, you observe that moment between Ivan and Jason. And this is the, basically Jason's first time, ever interacting with like the Ghostbusters public yeah, with us weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. And you see like, Oh, this, there's a, a heavy emotional thing happening here. There's clearly uh he's got this huge reverence for his father and his father's work. He's taking on this great responsibility of, uh, you know, resurrecting this franchise and, and so many, words I, that that's from entertainment weekly yeah i'll never forget what was it january of 2019 ghostbusters resurrected jason reitman to direct new <laughs> ghostbusters movie and i went this isn't real this doesn't make i was the one i would yell at people on message boards who would be like maybe jason reitman will direct ghostbusters like, you're an idiot you don't know how things work he would never do that <laughs> and then as soon as they announced it i'm like it makes so much sense of course he's gonna do it um so yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, really great moments with with Ivan and uh, mostly fond me- like it's like most things in life. Like there yeah. was some hiccups and bumps in the road, but you, you tend to remember the uh, the good stuff. No, agreed. And I think that was for me. Like I was why I was bummed to have missed this speech. You know that that Jason gave because I felt like it was it would have been a bookend to the sort of watching that growth and that experience of him stepping into you know, standing next to his dad on the stage and then ha- taking the mantle basically. And now he is, he is the guy. He's the guy who's going to paint He's the, the way forward, you know? So, um, he kind of keeps the, uh, I don't know what might the keeper of the torch, I guess, if you want to put it in those terms, but, and granted there's other people who are involved and there's lots of folks who are, you know, like there's definitely the folks at ghost Corps who are involved in doing that too and keeping things on the rails and making it go right. But, um, it's a weird, it's just, I don't know. There's there. I feel like there is a movie to be made about the making of ghostbusters afterlife. If that's a weird thing to well, say. It's, like, you know, I mean, it's such a, you know, we talk about this a lot on our show is like, 
it's a huge franchise, but in many ways it's a it's a tiny little franchise. Yeah. It's not, you know, you think about Star Trek and Paramount. It's like a machine mm-hmm. with all of these creators and these writers and these directors. And they're churning out show after show for 30 or 40 years. Ghostbusters, there's there's not, you know, <laughs> the staff at Ghost Corps, the, the, the people working there are, you know, from my understanding, there's not that many people that work there right. at a full-time basis. They might have some interns, some temps and things like that, but there's you know, five to seven key decision makers, mm-hmm. maybe less. And when I, now that Ivan's gone, you know, Jason and Gil have stepped up and they've got this production deal with Sony and they're ready to like take it on in, in a meaningful way. Yeah. And the th- Ghostbusters have been so, st- it's been start and stop for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, even after 2016, like the big push, the movie comes out and then like the biggest news for like three years was like Ernie Hudson did a wizard world and said, <laughs> maybe someday, right? <laughs> you know, so no, it's true. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I wish I'd been there. If anybody does have footage of it, you know, let me know. I would love to hear it. And if something that, you know, if somebody has know. footage of it, it's the kind of thing we can put on the podcast because we can probably it was a live it was a live presentation it's not like it's a copyrighted right. thing so it's like somebody shooting home video so um right. i don't know whatever but if anybody has cool. it shoot me a message uh i didn't say this at the beginning of the podcast because i forgot so uh you can reach this podcast at extraplasm on instagram or at extraplasm on twitter or at extraplasm podcast at gmail.com because somebody is already extraplasm. Um, so, <laughs> which <laughs> is the fun, the fun things you find out that there's an of artist. Course there's an artist are. out there who uses that name. I stole it from I you. mean, really. I haven't ever been able to get the YHS podcast Facebook page. Yeah. Because all of our stuff is at YHS podcast, but facebook.com slash YHS podcast is something called Young, Hip, and Sexual podcast, which has. <laughs> Three episodes from seven years ago. They won't respond to my message. They didn't make it to episode five. They're not winning. <laughs> they lose. Hey, I don't want to like bury the lead. And yeah. Considering we're an hour in, this yeah. would 100% not be that. Or it would be that. Are you the, are we going to talk about the production weekly thing? Oh, I forgot about the production weekly thing. So we should talk about that. Thank you. I would have. <laughs> wow. Biggest piece of news of the week. And I'm like, hey, let's talk about these figures. You can get down with Ollie's. I'm a moron. I totally forgot about that. Thank you so much. You said it. Um, yeah, we should. Well, talk about I think that. we should. I think probably. Yeah. Should. You probably read the story. You follow the Michigan Ghostbusters. <laughs> I do follow the Michigan Ghostbusters. I, I did. Was breaking you, something. you know, that's that's how you find the stuff out sometimes. Um, I'm going to admit that I saw this very quickly in the midst of being very busy this week, so I'm going to get things wrong. Um, but my understanding is that Production Weekly is a newspaper magazine that uh, lists what productions are currently operating this week and where. Uh, if you subscribe to it, it's how you can find out like where film shoots are going on, as opposed to just driving around Los Angeles and looking for yellow signs with arrows that say weird things like <laughs> zombie or whatever, like on television. Yeah. Um, and if I'm sure you have that in Atlanta now too, because you have so much fun. Oh, here it's too. our neighborhood. There's something filming a block away. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah, I always love. I always just love those yellow signs and wondering like, what is that? Because it's like one word. But this happened in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Everybody was freaking out because they thought we were getting a White Castle. Uh, <laughs> it was just for a movie. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe it's like another Harold and Kumar. And then 
second round of disappointment, it wasn't. So <laughs> I was over two. No White Castle, no Legacy, no Harold and Kumar Afterlife. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, <laughs> that's unfortunate. You know, I thought maybe you would have a Pookie was going to burn another one down. That would have been awesome. But, like, but I think about this. What's happening, I guess, with this filming from the Afterlife sequel is that they're talking about filming. Um, Originally, we were talking about that the movie was supposed to be slated to arrive in 2023 in December, and but this filming says spring of 2023, and what was put out from Production Weekly was that something called Right of Way Films has a 2023 uh, production that is produced by Helen Estabrook and Eric Reich. I don't know who that guy is at all. Uh, Gil Keenan is directing it, and Jason Reitman, and the cast so far is Ernie Hudson... And Ghost Core, right? Obviously, is who's in charge of it. So, Braun Studios, Montecito Picture Company. So, I mean, this is the next movie, and on the bottom of it says it's sure. Firehouse. So, it's definitely that. But right. Well, I can give a little context. So, basically, like Production Weekly is kind of the go-to like Bible. It's a subscription only. Yeah. Uh, you know, weekly uh publication that documents, you know, the progress and and uh, you know the all the productions yeah all over and people all sorts of people use it casting people use it actors use it people who uh, want to build props and reach out to people, people use it. Yeah, yeah workers use it you know union guys non-union guys i don't know i just wanted to say union guys <laughs> season two of the wire is involved um <laughs> and uh but there hasn't been any mention of this movie since i think there was one blurb about it when you know around ectofest yeah but then it hasn't been in there. So the fact that it hit production weekly this week yeah. tells me. So first of all, right away films, that's Jason Reitman's production right. company. Yeah. Um, uh, if you look up right away films, it's whiplash labor day up in the air. Yep. Young adult. I see a trend here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the trend is, uh, Oh gosh, his name just slipped my mind. Jason Reitman. <laughs> no, well, Jason Reitman, but, uh, the guy who played from whiplash, the guy who played, uh, Evo Shandor. Oh. Oh, J. Jonah Jameson? J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Barker. Barker. I've had that this. Guy. Uh, this is, it's funny you say this because this is a preview for the next episode. This happened on another episode of this podcast that's coming soon where nobody could remember what J.K. Simmons' name was. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> and <laughs> someone declared that his name was J. Jonah Jameson. And I went, that J. works. Jameson. That that will just J. K. Simmons. go with it. <laughs> like, J.K. Yeah. I knew it the whole time. J.K. I was testing you. Um, so the fact that it has now been relisted in production weekly tells me that there has been some official progress made. They've established, uh, some sort of, you know, when, when a production starts, it's almost like starting a a little business basically. Right. Yeah. From, from the ground up. So basically like the, the, the stake is in the ground. We're going to be open for business soon. The biggest piece of news is the spring uh, shooting date because we know that Sony, just like all the movie studios do, the Sony, um, they announce what is it, December twentieth, twenty twenty three, as a release date. Uh, Aquaman was moved to five days after that, which tells me there's no way that movie is coming out right. that week. There's yeah. just no way they're not gonna. No matter what you think about Aquaman or the DCEU, it's gonna make a billion dollars. Oh and yeah. They Ghostbusters has to be careful about that kind of stuff. So I have a feeling my theory is that once the Aquaman date was placed, 
they probably started thinking, okay, we're going to get moved. Let's keep working on this draft. Let's take a, cause I have a feeling they originally were going to maybe try to film this winter, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have that one year turnaround. If they're not filming till spring, that could be March, April, getting a movie out by December is a tall order. So to me, the more likely thing is you push the movie into 2024 sure. for the 40th anniversary. What, what I wonder about with it is that and like, that totally makes sense that they would shoot for the 40th anniversary and put it out like that June, like that could totally. And if you, if they were to do another, like we sat here and went fan fest was, but if they did another fest, I would totally go <laughs> for right. 40th. But sure. I think that, um, one of the things that I, this makes me think about is that the dates of filming, right. Of when they're sort of like looking at doing the actual filming work, we're now talking about spring, right? So, right. And we know that this movie has to at least have some shots that are going to take place in New York. Right. And so I started wondering to myself, like, okay, so what is the time frame of the narrative of the story? Because we're not right. doing like, hey, we're filming in November and December, so New York is at Christmas time. And, you know, like everything is decorated that way and contextually that's everything. Right. You got people in coats and all kinds of stuff who are in your background actors and stuff. Or are you doing like as a summer movie. And so you're going to film in spring and then you're going to release it the following summer. So uh, that's a lot of speculation to start thinking about, but it's, it's well, we can to talk me, about that. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, my speculation was telling me this was going to be a Christmas movie because yeah. of the, be, just because of the release date. I don't see them filming a Christmas themed movie and releasing it in June. So yeah. one thing I am scared about is listen, you can fake like who they might not. I, I would be, I'm sure they're going to do some filming in Manhattan, but I am a, very much assuming that the movie will be filmed. Not in. Oh, New York. I agree. As a person, I who, think it'll probably be filmed in Canada as a person again. who worked at USC once and came to work and found the entire NYP police force, NYPD police force outside my office, thought I was having a stroke <laughs> and then watched Gary Sinise walk out of my building and went, oh, they're yes. filming CSI New York. Like, yeah, they're going to film New York and L.A. for sure or in other right, places. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, um, I just don't. The only thing I would be worried about is if they did a. Uh, if they. If it's a Christmas theme, you can't put that movie out in the summer. So yeah, could the movie get pushed a year to 2024? Right. Maybe it will. I mean, it's still by time they start filming, it's not, it seems far, but like what we just went through with COVID and everything, like everything doesn't seem that bad anymore. Right. Right. Like Ghostbusters just come out in 2020, got delayed a year and a half. The agony we went through and now. That was a year ago. Right? Mm-hmm. We're already a year past that. And it's that so much has changed in terms of protocols. Like we won't get into all this sad stuff, but like as a person who works in education, like protocols were really strict on how you had to interact with people and the strictest protocols in probably any industry of who could be around who and how much distance there needed to be and how many people could be there were actually uh, like on studio production lots and sets. Because what right. do you know? They were working on multi-million dollar productions that are tied to, right. you know, several production deals. Like, I don't know, maybe a tie in with Baskin Robbins for some ice cream or something. You <laughs> right. know, like, but the point is that like that, I think you're right that there's a little sort of change at this point, because even in the still like post COVID world, there's still a lot of different protections and different procedures they do, but everybody's used right. to it now. Everybody kind of knows like, okay, this is how our industry changes its operation and we know what we're right. doing, you know, but yeah. 
So I'm and interested. I want to see it come out. Obviously, I want it as fast as I can have it because I want it. But if they are making a good movie, take the time to make what you're going to make, you know, and put it out in a strategic <sighs> right. way. And it's weird to think about this, but like, imagine if COVID hadn't happened. Like, yeah. And when what was coming out, right? Like Ghostbusters Afterlife ended up getting a lot of those IMAX screens purely because Top Gun decided to take a seat and right. not. But if they were going toe to toe against Top Gun. Could you imagine? Like, I don't understand. I I don't understand the movie going public at all. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't understand like what drives people, like what gets into the consciousness of of like the the zeitgeist. Yeah. I I don't. I understand that Tom Cruise is a huge movie star. I understand that people are nostalgic about Top Gun, but like Top Gun is six times bigger than ghostbusters not my <laughs> not my world by the way top gun maverick was awesome i yeah, liked no, it, it was a lot. great like that's my thing is i i loved the movie when i finally saw it but it was not on my radar as being like right oh, i gotta see this i was kind of like why are they making this but then i saw the cinematography i went oh my god i totally understand why you chose to wait because you were like hey we want to be able to show this in the way we want to show it but right. um i, I mean the funny thing to think about is by the time the sequel comes out it it's gonna be like five years it's it's you know, people always talk about like the why did it take so long to get a sequel to Ghostbusters mm-hmm. two after Ghostbusters? Like it's gonna be the same thing. It's gonna yeah. be like a five year gap from filming to to release. Finn like, Wolfhard's I mean, gonna have kids like, two are, kids. He's old now. <laughs> he's an old man. He's gonna he's he's got a old. master's degree and <laughs> like Logan. You know, we were around Logan last week. He looks like a completely different kid yeah. because he's you know, about to be 16 and he was 12. Like the difference between 12 and 16 is like, it's insane. It's literally the difference between like childhood and like, yeah, I'm teenage No, for sure. You know, it for sure. Different. This is a completely different thing. So, um, Jason, Jason, Raymond and Gil Keenan, they're writers. They're just going to put, they're going to make the best script. They're going to write the best script that they possibly yeah. can and figure out ways to move the franchise forward. And I'm excited about it. All right. So, um, Definitely uh, going to keep our eyes open on what's happening with the uh, with the next production, and I feel like I should get a subscription to <laughs> to, to different studio uh, industry publications, except they cost so much money. Uh, they're so expensive. They're yeah. really expensive. All right, so let's moving out of our headline segment. Let's talk about a couple uh, a couple other things. I want to ask you, as a person who I've talked to for a while, and I have like long late night Facebook chat messages with sometimes out of the blue about random things. Um, have you watched any of Cobra Kai? Um, I am happy to say that I have consumed <laughs> all five seasons okay. of Cobra Kai. So this question is less about Cobra Kai and more about the people making Cobra Kai. Because I'm not sure if you know this, that they're working on a Ferris Bueller project. I did know that. Okay. I like those guys. <laughs> I like those guys. By the way, real quick, Cobra Kai, I figured it out. I even said this to Troy Benjamin. It's Power Rangers for late stage millennials. Oh my God, it is. You're right. <laughs> oh, it is. It's, it totally it's Power is. Rangers. <laughs> the movie, listen, the kids on that show, I, th- there's no teenagers watching Cobra Kai. <laughs> You know who watches it? I bet it's like when I was a little kid and watched Say by the Bell, and I was like, "This is what high school is going right. to be like." Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. No, it's Power Rangers for me. Okay, Cobra Kai, John Horowitz, yeah, and other people. So they have this. Um, 
they have this Ferris Bueller project that has nothing to do really with Ferris Bueller. Their project is going to tell the story of the two guys who run off with the sports car. So the they valet check, guys, like, right? Yeah, like the valets who take the car and go off on their own adventure. Right. So the, apparently whatever they're making is going to be that. It's going to be the story of those two guys and why they take the car and what their adventure is and where they go before they bring it back. And this right. made me start thinking about what untapped Ghostbusters side quests we would want to see. Right? Like, And one of them to me was like, I was like, I wonder what the story of the guy who like works with, who drives the horse <laughs> like Lewis Tully runs up to and is like <laughs> yeah. starts yelling at him and he's like what an asshole the, what like, an asshole yeah what's that guy's deal like what is what is an average day for him like what was the conversation he was involved in right before Lewis Tully ran up and was just like you'll perish in flames you'll perish in flames <laughs> like I mean the good the good thing about Ghostbusters and Pro- Ghostbusters 2 as well is and maybe this is just because we have encyclopedic knowledge yeah. of the of the movies but there are so many great bit parts oh yeah you know i was talking about the um the the mayor scene the, the city hall mm-hmm. scene i mean everybody you know the priest the the fire commissioner who is i today years today's years old that's the same fire commissioner. He's in the deleted scene of GB2. Yeah. <laughs> they brought him back. <laughs> He's part of Lenny's, you know, cabinet. Yeah, totally. Um, or the, the walls in the 15th precinct were bleeding. That yeah, guy. Like, that there's guy. so many good. These guys have one line. Or the best being uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Right. Who's like, you know, all-time goat. Uh, friendly police officer yep. in multiple projects, mm-hmm. and literally, literally becomes not just like oh he's like shows up as the sidekick then in a major star for a Die Hard, but then literally becomes Carl Winslow, like right. he's like the friendliest <laughs> right. TV cop that ever existed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hangs out with the nerdy kid next door who breaks stuff all the time. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think let me think. Let me put some thought into this. So, an actual side quest though, because like. Yeah, like if so you could do a miniseries, right? Like or something on those lines where you side quested like one of like somebody from the movie. Like cause the other one I want is I want um pencil neck cop. Right? Like I want the cop who comes downstairs in the containment <laughs> right. unit. I want to know what was going on in his day before he got the call where it was like, look, you need to go down to this firehouse with this guy from the EPA. He's making a huge problem for us down here at the precinct. <laughs> like right, what was he right. up to before that, you know? Yeah. I, or even the con ed guy. Yeah, that's another um, good one. Yeah. I mean, even like Walter Peck, like what was Walter Peck's home life when he meets <laughs> up with Vankman and he, they have their, you know, is there a chance Peck was just like, just like, like by our standards, like Walter Peck was like, you know, probably progressive thinking like environmentalist guy, yeah. a little bureaucratic, but like, you know, believed in the power of government to regulate yeah. Like even Ivan <laughs> said know. at FanFest, he's like, you know, he was, we made him a bad guy, but he was arguably not really. He's right, like an right. environmentalist is trying to stop pollution from happening because <laughs> these guys have a nuclear thing in their basement. Like F that guy. Um, <laughs> so I, I got, you know, I, I do think about this stuff from time to time, but, but cause the Ferris Bueller thing is really interesting because those guys have done such a good job with Cobra Kai. Yeah. 
And like they have, he, it's never going to happen because Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis won't let it happen. Oh yeah. If you've seen, if you've seen Pinocchio, we maybe don't need Bob Zemeckis making anything else. Um, But you know, they've said they would love to do, you know, to give back to the future of the Cobra Kai treatment. Right. And that's pretty, that's to me almost as hollowed ground. If, if not just as hollowed ground as, as Ghostbusters. So, uh, but yeah, Ghostbusters side quest. I don't know. I mean, maybe the, 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 female prosecutor that's from a good ghostbusters 2 yeah you know give her like an ally mcbeal style abc sitcom yep um uh she was great um just the, the scolari brothers like you know what i want is like a true crime podcast about the scolari brother <laughs> that would be great <laughs> you know um, that would be great actually um i personally this is probably the most unoriginal, uninspired idea of all time. But when I was brainstorming sequel ideas for for the new one, I love the idea of uh, Jordan Peele playing Winston's son. Yeah. <laughs> who's trying to work his way up through the company. Yeah. And gets involved with the Ghostbusters. And then, like, obviously you bring in Key and Peele. Like, I want to see a Key and Peele Ghostbusters movie. Like... <laughs> Actually, I want to see Jordan Peele That's direct. Really great idea. I would love to see that, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll say this. So you kind of scratched the surface of what I want. The other thing I want to talk about, which is was who do you want to see? Is there anybody you want to see back in Afterlife? And I, we can go back to the side story, the side quest thing if you want to. But is there anybody you want to see in Afterlife come back um, that you didn't see? Because I have this whole, I honestly have a whole idea of like how you bring Walter Peck back and um actually give so, him an arc which you know yeah but is there anybody you know you that you hope they bring back so here a couple things so because afterlife this is not a criticism of afterlife this is not a nitpick this is just a fact sure afterlife takes the lore of the first movie and kind of replays it mm-hmm. right remixes it a little bit so you see gozer you see the terror dogs I think for me, it's really important for the franchise to do something wholly original. I agree. In the next movie. That's, that's you know? fair. It, it, even if you like, and when I say wholly original, I mean, don't just bring back Vigo. Don't just bring back Janos. Right. Right. Uh, now, if they take something inspired by real ghosts, if, if, if Sam Hain shows up or something like that, like that, that would be amazing. Uh, but I'm not I, sure. Would I love to see, Lewis Tully, of course. Would I love to see uh, more, you know, Dana, uh, you know, whatever. There's a lot of people I'd love to see, but sometimes you have to ask yourself is, is a little one line cameo. Does it cheapen it even mm-hmm. right? Like it's got to make sense for the people who, for whoever's there to be there. Agreed. I like the idea of opening the next movie with the return of Vigo, but they just take him out really quickly. <laughs> just and then like you gone. find out like he comes back every five years. He comes back like, like on a postcard easy. in the museum shop, but he's easy <laughs> to defeat. E- yeah, <laughs> it's pretty easy to deal with these days. You know, just a little bit of mood slime is fine. <laughs> um, I, I think a nod like that would be fun, but I, you know, you know who I would love to see is the sheriff from Afterlife. Yeah, Lucky's dad. Yeah, because. You get the feeling based on what we knew about production that he had a bigger role. Right. And a lot was cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bo Keem Woodbine. That, that's, that's his, his name. name. Yeah. Yeah. Great actor. 
I don't know how, I don't know how he would be involved because my little headcanon tells me that how are you going to get these kids to like this is where I think the next movie is going to be. I think we're going to rejoin the Ghostbusters as an entity. I think there's going to be a new Ghostbusters team. I think that there will be uh, Ghostbusters will be operational. I think you're going to have God, this is so nerdy, but let's just do it. That's why we're here. That's I think <laughs> I think if if my brain calculated this correctly, I think we're going to be seeing Phoebe going to Columbia University early yeah. at like 16. Yep. And that is going to mean that Trevor and Callie, they all moved to New York right. is what I'm guessing. Um, and then I think at some, it, it'll be like Chris, it'll probably be like Christmas break. And Lucky and Podcast are going to come out and visit. That's just the easiest way to get them or all there. Be, or you could do it summer break if they're going to end up with a spring movie. Right? right, right. Yeah. I will say this. I need this to happen. I need Trevor to be really excited to see Lucky. And then Lucky shows up with her boyfriend or her girlfriend. <laughs> I need in, in to the see Trevor. <laughs> I need Trevor to be third wheel. Yeah. Because it's just a scene I want to see. Because he, he can be, Finn can play like kind of pathetic, like really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, some some new mystery or, or great threat will unfold. And um, I don't know if Paul Rudd will be back. I'd love to see him. Right. Um, I'm not sure what his role is, is like kind of. Yeah. Right. Does he, be, I mean, unless like. Unless he starts cool the relationship he like, and he's like, hey, I'm moving with this woman because I fell in love. But you could do that. They all move there. Yeah. yeah. Why not? The whole family relocates. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But as far as like classic Ghostbusters characters, we've seen who I'd like to come back. Like, I, I think I would love to see a meaningful role for, for Rick Moranis, for Lewis Telling. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Uh, I'd love to see more Janine, uh, and, and, you know, more Winston, like, I I want to see them all, and but I want to see a new team of Ghostbusters too. And there, too. There's definitely, there's definitely actors and people out there that I've always thought would be really great Ghostbusters that um, that I'd love to see. I have two like things that I've been rolling around in my head recently that I wanted to sort of share with you and just see what you thought about them because I value your your viewpoint and what you think about stuff but um, one of them is finally somebody does (laughs) I want a story that in some way brings like I what I keep walking away from afterlife is those kids have a lot of charges like they destroyed a lot of property. Yeah. Um, she pulled a proton pack wand on a cop. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's a lot of stuff that went on in that movie that unless Bokeem Woodbine is like, I agree, we're dropping these charges. Like uh, there's yeah. a lot of juvie that has to happen otherwise. Yep. Um, unless, of course, you had a situation where you got lawyers who stepped in to try and uh, argue about how this was a paranormal event. And you'd need the right kind of lawyer who'd been through those kinds of proceedings before. And that's how you bring that's Walter true. Peck back in. Right. You actually oh. get like Winston goes to Walter Peck and is like, we need a lawyer, somebody who, like, I know you've been in law since you left the EPA and, but you know, this is real and I need somebody who can do this. And so Walter Peck joins them as like the legal defense team. And in my ultimate headcanon, this is after Lewis Tully tries. <laughs> so it's like he goes in and does the Ghostbusters too. I want to be your lawyer thing again. And it oh, no. blows up in their face and they have to go get Walter Peck is one thing I was like, that would be kind of a way to do it, but right. It'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that like, I think to me, afterlife is such a standalone. Yeah. In the sense that I don't think 
they're not going to keep living in that house, right? Like no. they're not. We Ghostbusters three or Ghostbusters Afterlife taking place in like rural Oklahoma was a un, like I think that needs to be unique to that movie. I don't know if we need another Somerville Ghostbusters. No, movie we, we because, don't. And it's funny because it's like sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off mid sentence, but no, you're good. You're but good. what? they did by moving to Somerville was they took us back to the eighties. They took us to a place that had no cell phones. They took us to a place that had no coverage. And that's why for most of us, we were like, this feels like an old school eighties, like summer movie. Sorry. I didn't mean to interject into your statement, but no, that, but you're hundred percent right. And I, I don't think, I think it was really important for Jason, for the story they wanted to tell, to have that, you know, you have to go back to that Amblin, like yeah. This needs to feel like E.T. This needs to feel like Goonies. There has to be kind of this emotional, you know, subtext throughout the entire film. And so you have to do that in a, an environment that's like familiar, right? It, like it was on purpose that the, you're there's when you're watching that movie, you're like, this feels like Stand By Me. This yeah. feels like Goonies. This part feels like E.T. That part like felt Gremlins. like Back to the Future. Yeah. yeah this feels yep. like Gremlins. Like it's, it's intentional. It's actually one of the coolest parts about Afterlife because- mm-hmm. It's a movie that is obviously wholly inspired by source material, which is Ghostbusters, Mm -hmm. but also inspired by like this whole world of other films that came out around the same time period as Ghostbusters that have all been emulated. It's weird to say this. That's why it's like what your podcast, like your podcast, you've always tried to encapsulate what's the word or phrase to describe the kinds of movies that (laughs) you all like. And you've talked about like, what is that word? It's not nostalgia necessarily. It's not like just pop culture. And it's like, that was kind of what afterlife did. It took all those things that we, like those of us who listen to yes, have some and like back to the future and jaws and all these other things that like your podcast ends up talking about, like all those things had a piece inside of it so it's kind of weird like afterlife is the most yes have some movie out of the ghostbusters franchise it is (laughs) and i was bummed that i didn't get a writing credit no but it's very much it's like american 80s it's it's like a time period like 75 to like 94 it's like a it's 90 it's like a 20 year time period 75 to 95 and it's like american sci-fi of that time period sci-fi comedy usually right yeah um or action and adventure and 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 it's you know spielberg's a big part of it for obvious reasons mm-hmm. because the guy made you know the 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 movies a bunch of movies that defined a whole generation of of like box office you know summer movie goers um so yeah it, it's really and and that's why i love that's one of the cool things about afterlife that i think the average moviegoer maybe doesn't, they can't articulate that, but they got that same feeling. Like if right. you go to the, this is the interesting thing. If you go to the Rotten Tomatoes page for Afterlife and you look at the aggregate for the uh, the review, the, the critic score, it's like 64%. Mm-hmm. Critics really wanted to just bash this movie. Oh, it's just, you know... It's a it's a retread. It's kind of gross. Just nostalgia. It's so uh, you know because they have to be intellectual and they have to like whatever. <laughs> even though they all loved, even though they loved Top Gun, which sure. is essentially like yeah. this. Literally, it's as much the same as the first Top Gun as the new Ghostbusters is to you know whatever. Um, but the the viewer score is like ninety five percent, and you see a lot of people who go. 
wow, that was great. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that good. Right. I really liked the characters in this movie. And it's like, they don't realize it's like, oh, because it feels like movies that were made in a certain way at a certain time period that aren't made that way anymore. Yeah. It's because Kevin Hart and the rock weren't shoved down your throat. Right. And it was like, no, here's <laughs> new actors that are really good. And like nothing against Kevin Hart and the rock and fuck, they'll probably be in the next one, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like this one was like, it gave the audience something that I don't think they realized they wanted or needed. And that's why like the home, the home, uh, video and blu-ray the rentals and the the per, like it's done very well right. it's found a life it's found an afterlife yep. sorry. uh no, you're so not yeah wrong. i i think i think it's very cool i i that's kind of hard to articulate though. no but i i talk so this is like not to be like i talked to my mom my mom knows everything because my mom doesn't know everything but but like um <laughs> i talked to my mom when the movie came out and i was like hey are you gonna watch the movie on you know when it came out to streaming to home and she was like, oh, your dad and I are going to watch it. We're trying to figure. She literally said to me, we're going to try and figure out what this thing is that you've been talking about for so long. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> right. So she tried to watch it with my dad. He was like, let's do a marathon of watching all of them. So he watched the first one and the second one. By the time she got to the third one, she was falling asleep. Right. And then it came on like streaming or something a couple months later. And she called me like my mom doesn't ever call me to be like, I watched a movie. Let's talk about it. You know, right. and like she called me and she was like, hey, I watched that Ghostbuster movie that you were waiting for for so long. I was like, oh, yeah, didn't you watch it already? She goes, well, I fell asleep the first time. And I was like, oh, OK. I was like, so what? She, she goes, but this time I watched it, like the whole thing. And I was like, what did you think? She was like, it was really fun. Like, I understand, like, why you really wanted to wait for that movie. And I was like, cool, mom. Thanks. Like, th- and also thanks for all the Egon costumes and all the like <laughs> right. all of my life, like for giving me everything I had that made me enjoy this. You know, like you didn't understand what the hell it was ever. But the fact that she even sat down and tried. But it was weird. Like she engage that movie and she had the same feeling of like this reminds me of other movies from that time you know and she's not a ghostbusters yeah. fan she's a 60 something year old woman who bought a lot of ghostbusters merchandise on her visa card in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> my mom too uh i had a very similar conversation with my mom but what she but she ended up finally seeing it and then she watched it like six times like she's like i can't believe how good this is yeah. and how and like also um Harold Ramis, like people have uh, an emotional connection to Harold Ramis that I don't think they realize that they had. And I think, first of all, I think there's a subconscious thing. I don't think the average everyday moviegoer realizes who Harold Ramis is Mm -hmm. in relation to Ghostbusters even. Like they know who Egon is, but they might know the name Harold Ramis, but they might not know that those two go together. And they might not realize or probably don't realize that Harold Ramis directed Vacation in Caddyshack and Groundhog Groundhog Day. Day. Yeah. These are seminal cinematic moments in people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. And when when Egon shows up for the average moviegoer, it's like, oh, man. Oh, that's Egon. Okay. Things are clicking. And then when it says for Harold, they're going, oh, that's Harold. There's like this there's like subtle, many subtle levels Mm -hmm. to, 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 to understand this movie on obviously people like you and me, it's completely different. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, but I, I do think that I think time will be very kind to afterlife. Yeah. I think so too. I, 
and and I, we don't have to talk about answer the call, but I don't believe time will be awfully kind to that movie mm-hmm. because I think that it's going to represent, if anything, a time period that people just aren't going to want to remember. Yeah, like not just from Ghostbusters, just like in no, life. in life, in life. I was talking about this right? recently that that's that around that movie is you have, you know, the beginning of a very politically. Uh, ter- right. you know, politically charged a difficult era. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, and it's weird. And I don't. We, we, we there's a whole other road to go down. Maybe, maybe for the next next time I come back, we can. You're gonna come back. Thanks. We can pick apart. <laughs> cool. Wow. We can pick apart. Uh, I'm just kidding. as a tease, are you, are you watching She-Hulk at all? I have not watched She-Hulk yet. I, I know that okay. people are really enjoying it, but I have not watched it. So to me. What She-Hulk is doing is what I think Answer the Call thought it was doing. Okay. If if, if from a from, I'll just I'll just say that as a as a as you know, we'll kick it down the road. Okay. When I watch it, I will yeah. keep this in my my yeah. my thought pocket, as they call it. <laughs> my thought pocket. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I know we're running running late and low on time, but the last time, last question I wanted to ask you, which is we can be a very quick one. Sure. I don't want that. This is going to be sound very controversial people. So I'm going to ask you this question to see how you think of it. I okay. I'm, think we should move on from the 59 millimeter. Um, I okay. think it's time. I think that like, I love that car, but I think that the premise of like, I think there's a way in the new movie for Winston to look at Ray and be like, Ray, we, we have all of these proton packs. We could literally be generating electricity with why, why are we not running EVs? <laughs> Like here's a call. Okay. I don't want, I don't want Tesla's because I'm like, I'm explicitly don't want ghost Tesla's. And I have this funny headcanon joke where in my head, we're like, Winston goes and replaces the entire fleet. Like he builds a fleet of like Leafs and Tesla's and uses them as ectomobiles (laughs) and they all get taken out by ghosts at the end of the movie. And then Ray shows up in like an EV converted Ecto one. He's like taking a Tesla motor and putting it. What does the next Ecto one look like for you? What do you think they do? Cause I, I think realistically, right. You know, you can't keep doing this forever with these cars. They're, they're not. No, no, yeah, no. They're, they're old. Here's the thing. I think you can do anything you want now mm-hmm. because they already did the movie where the respect was paid to the proton right. pack, to the PKE meter, to the, to the Ecto one. I think now we're at a point where like, if they want to change it up, if, if the original Ecto one needs to be in the firehouse as kind of a, a you know, a museum piece. Sure. That's great. What do I want do? Then you get into the discussion. You can't top the 59. Right. You're not going to do something more iconic. Mm-hmm. So. What I've always do? like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I, I don't know. I really don't like, Sure, maybe maybe a, a modern electric hearse or something. Does so, it have to be a hearse? Someone I don't know. suggested to me the other day that it needs to fly. They were like, "It's like, got to be a Dodge Durango. <laughs> it's got to be an American-made Dodge Durango." Well, that's my question. Is like, well, I, and that's part of what I want to start thinking about. This is that I don't think you can keep driving. The, we know those cars are in really rough shape to begin with. All three of them. I mean, even the two they just put together. Like, you know, right? Uh, you know what I thought was the funniest? It's a little off topic, but. In afterlife, when the OGs show up, and they still have their their uh, original Motorola's, yeah, like, the, there's no 
logic there. No, like those, all. like the band for those don't even like doesn't even exist anymore. Like there's other traffic right. that communicates on that. They never really use them. Um, right. And it's kind of funny, like the amount of old hardware they show up with just because. Well, this is what we use, and it's like this is what we used to wear. Yeah, it's got to be it. Um, like yeah, it's funny. I, but I, I just I don't know. I think it's yeah. a weird thing to consider that um, the Ecto One is really at this point. It is a museum piece. It's literally one of them is in a museum right now. Although I'll argue the wrong one uh, because I I think that I would love it if Sony would take the actual car from the first movie and put it in a museum and take the afterlife right. car that they built to look like crap right. <laughs> and put it outside so it could look like crap. <laughs> it's like, but maybe it could just be like a pickup truck, it's like big F one fifties or something. Yeah, something insane. I also said or maybe it's like I I don't like. We got to get away from this idea that Ghostbusters, it's a team of five. They travel. Like, yeah. I want everybody to have individual, like the courier bikes or something. Right. I was thinking about that. It was like, it's in the city. I'm like, what if you use city bikes? <laughs> like a podcast as a city bike. He's just taking like the. Well, <laughs> you know what I always thought would be cool is if like, everybody always talk about, oh, Ghostbusters, it franchises out. There's franchises everywhere. But I like the idea of like treating them like exterminators. So they've got vans with equipment and stuff, yeah. but also like for small problems, like you could just go to the hardware store and buy a little at home ghost trap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I, like, like the, some trap, po- the, mo- the roach motel. Yeah. Right. I think at some point you have to get to a point in these movies where the general public accepts, like you can't keep going back down the road of yeah. well, people don't believe in ghosts. Right. It's like, it keeps happening at some point. They're like, that's what the MCU is finally doing. Like, superheroes just exist right. they're everywhere people don't even question it anymore mm-hmm. like i i want ghostbusters to get there it's kind of like the opposite point. of doctor who because doctor who everybody always forgets about the aliens that invent that invaded london like <laughs> like they, they'll literally have <laughs> like, like spaceships arrive and most of the populace doesn't remember it and then like the one character that hangs out with the doctor is like oh yeah that's right like that time when the aliens arrived at the at heathrow airport <laughs> and they're right, like okay right, right. like so and if you're listening um if you're one of the four people who download this podcast in the uk every week <laughs> i'm sorry about that that was very bad of me it's but, fine um, it's fine but yeah I, I don't know i'm gonna give this give us some thought but um I, I like your idea that there's there should be like personal vehicles like you know there doesn't have to be like everybody travels together like i don't want sprinter vans as a good example of another thing i don't need <laughs> like the ghostbusters <laughs> traveling around the same stuff as the amazon prime guy like, <laughs> right right but you know let's face it it's gonna be the they're gonna use the catalog like they're yeah. just it's gonna be there they're so cognizant of like the way the fan base is like i don't think they're gonna do anything like subversive filmmaking is not gonna be part of ghostbusters no. like there's not gonna be like a last jedi ghostbusters <laughs> the closest we got to that was ray saying egon spangler can burn in hell yes. but he was ready to have a conniption fit but then like by the end of the movie, they were like, okay, fine. <laughs> I still don't like it, but okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm my, my untold stories of ghostbusters. I've said this at another pod, another episode of the podcast that I really want to see uh, what happened in one of those side quests is where, what were all the other mountain stories that Ray had? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of mountains, a lot of mountains out there, kids, and a lot of carvings. <laughs> and really, how many have you been to before? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, just Ray 
roaming through the mountains now gonna, of the Midwest. They're going to ask about that in the next movie, and they're like, "Well, how? But well, you know, you mentioned this. You know, uh, Uncle Ray, Uncle Dan, Uncle Ray Dan. Um, <laughs> could you Uncle tell Ray us Ban? what were the other mountain carvings?" And he's like, "Well, you know, Mount Rushmore." <laughs> Boy, was that a weird one! That was a strange one. There was five presidents or four of them. I can't remember, but. <laughs> I mean, from from a couple of interviews I heard with Jason Reitman, like it seems like Dan like went off, and that scene was like twenty five minutes long. <laughs> I hope so. I want to see the yeah. long cut of that. It's just there's what my fate. What he says, I quote. Here's one thing: I quote Afterlife all the time. Yeah. I find it to be very quotable, even though maybe not quite as iconic as like the first Ghostbusters. But I'll just be sitting around, and be like. Phew. We went from 10 calls a week to one if we were lucky. Like, <laughs> it's just a funny thing to say about Ghostbusters. I don't know why. It's just funny. <laughs> Venkman's so weird. Also, the fact that he's volunteering all this information to a little to kid. To a little kid. Like, she just calls him on the phone. And he's like, well, let me tell you everything that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't even Slammer, ask her name. Huh? He hasn't Been even, there myself. The exchange is so awkward. He's never even asks her like... Wait, what's your name? <laughs> just right. you talking. know what though? Don't you just buy it though? I like do. that is how it would be. Like that's not like that's exactly what it would be like. It's like the first time he's opened up about it at all to anybody, and he's opening up to a child calling him on the phone. He's <laughs> like, "Could you tell me what happened to you guys? Weren't you friends?" <laughs> like <laughs> he's like, "Yes, I haven't had this therapy session yet. I'm so glad you called." <laughs> right. My other one, I always go through is like. It drives Abby crazy, I think, but I'll, she'll be like, do you want to get pizza? And I'll be like, why didn't you tell me you liked pizza? Like me. <laughs> oh, oh, the big mysteries one. of that movie. It, I love that movie. It's a great Is film. their last name Spangler? Nobody will ever really know. It is now. No, she podcast says, parents. She, she says it at the end of the movie. She shakes hands and with with Bill Murray and she says, Kelly, right. Kelly Spangler, this is a weird name. <laughs> weird <laughs> name. Good luck with that. The first, I didn't pick up on it like the first three times I watched the movie when, when Bill Murray says, uh, we're going to go in and have Coco. Some of us are going to have rum with ours. Yeah. It's such, such a good line. It is. Like, I will say this about Bill Murray. He is not in that movie that much. No. But he owns the screen yeah the entire From time the moment on. he arrives on screen you're like i mean he arrives on screen and even the cg characters in the movie turn around and pound on the glass <laughs> in excitement that's my one of my favorite little moments there is that the mini puffs are excited to see the ghostbusters they have no it's, right to be but they are totally they stoked. should be so bummed about <laughs> right? what's about to happen yeah instead they're like yay <laughs> it's well it's like the guys. first when the first mini puff shows up you know when when paul rudd like pokes him and he gets angry for a second yeah and then he gets happy again he starts twisting around like um next time i come on and i will come back this is a lot of fun thank you for coming it was a lot of fun i appreciate it i will tell you what it was like to be at the new york comic-con screening and how i literally thought i was having a heart attack at one point (laughs) (laughs) all right actually there's not much more to the story i literally was in such a um by the third act of the movie um when the Egon stuff starts happening, yeah. spoilers. I was in such a, you haven't watched afterlife. Go fix yourself. <laughs> I was in such a state of like shock slash like it was the closest I've ever been to like being like this. I can't believe what I'm seeing in front of me yeah. is happening. And like I had, it triggered a uh, fight or flight, like panic, like an actual panic attack. Yeah. And 
that I had to close my eyes and do like a breathing exercise because I, I thought I was going to pass out. This sounds insane to some people, but you, I guess you probably get it a little bit. No, like, I totally I mean, get it. You know, you're literally, you're waiting for something for 30 years. That's the thing I always tell Troy. Like I've been friends with Troy Benjamin since like 1998. Yeah. He didn't know about our friendship until, you know, 2016. But <laughs> like as soon as I got AOL, I was like, yes, I got the Internet. Even before looking up suggestive photographs of the opposite sex, <laughs> I searched Ghostbusters 3. That was the first thing I, you know, like that was the first thing I did when I got the Internet because it was the most important thing to me as, you know, 11 or 12 year old. And I found Ghostbusters HQ and Proton Charging. So it's just like, yeah, I've been doing this a long time. So to go from literally 12 years old to 38 or 37 <laughs> yeah. years old to be anticipating the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess it, maybe baseball, like people, America's pastime. Like, right. You know, but like there's not a whole lot of things that you cared about as much when you were 10 or 12 or 5 as you do when you're almost 40. Mm -hmm. No, and you're not wrong. Like, and it's, fu you know? it's funny you use the baseball analogy because sometimes I'll have like a conversation where somebody will look at me and go, you realize you have like three pieces of Ghostbusters apparel on right now, right? And I'm like, have you ever seen a Dodgers fan? <laughs> Right, like, because those guys have no problem being like hat, sweatshirt, t-shirt. Yeah. Not, and I, you're right. I have a lot of Ghostbusters stuff because I really enjoy it. Right, but it's like it's the same thing. It, is. it literally is the same thing. It really is. It's, Baseball people they collect autographs. Mm -hmm. They they cry and yell and scream about things that are completely out of their control. They help Hasbro they, bring on, back starting lineup. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. I was so excited about that until I saw the price and then realized that how are you going to release seven NBA figures? All of these guys have incredible works of art on their body. It's like right. tattoo culture is part of the NBA. There's no tattoos. I'm going to pay $50. Get out of here. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I know. What else can I say? Do you want me to say anything else? I will say I will stay as long as you need me to. Well, wait. So this is like an open call. I can just be like, read these lines. <laughs> yes. You're listening to Extra Plasm Podcast, the podcast that has plasm. Extra plasm. So much of it that it's extra. <laughs> no, I really, extra I, plasm. It's, it's, been a, it's been a good conversation with you, and I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Um, and I already gave you a lot of the... Uh, I, I When I talked to Chris Stewart, I, I held back my, my, my thank yous and those things to the end of my conversation with him because I didn't want to be awkward. But with you, I was like, I can tell you these things because I probably told him you've like 12 times via text and not vocally. So um. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I mean, it's all, listen, we all just love these things that we love. And I will say this. One, one thing that I was bummed about is that, you know, the cross rip ended. Yeah. Hopefully it'll come back one day, mm -hmm. but YHS actually, staged a cross rip reunion that I think a lot of people don't know about. I know about on, it. I, mean, I, I remember it. But yeah. On April Fool's Day this year, uh, Abby recorded with Chris and Troy. Yeah. And it was great. So, yeah. If you yeah, haven't heard that, if you're a cross rip fan and you haven't heard that episode, uh, you should definitely check it out because it's a, it's a, a bizarro universe. Uh, <laughs> yes, have some podcasts, I believe. It's like a sweet little treat. Yeah. Because we love them. And but no, this is great. I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, I'm glad you came. And next time, I should have, like, Abby was more than welcome to come too. So I wasn't like, hey, leave, <sighs> leave her in the other room, you know? She's on our 
so we have multiple VCRs in our house, mm-hmm. uh, VCR TV combos. Yeah. And we have one that's usually in the kitchen. Um, but right around this time of year, every year she moves it to the front porch. Yeah. And she hangs out on the front porch with our Halloween decorations and watches horror movies. I'm always so impressed she- by this because I've seen her post pictures of this over the years. And as a person who decorates his house, I have like my project for this weekend is clean out the garage and start ghosting the house. Um, gotcha. You know, the ghosts have to be let out of the containment unit and put into the sure. projectors in the windows. They so have to. I, I always I noticed like last week that she was starting to post things from the porch with her Halloween decorations. And I was like, oh, this is my sign that I'm behind the schedule of uh, what's going on for Halloween. So well, I make it easy. Yeah. Because this is what happens every year. She cleans up all of the Halloween decorations, <laughs> puts them in bins and stuff, and we put them in the attic. Yeah. And then throughout the year, we put a bunch more shit in the attic. <laughs> and then when it comes time to redecorate, she wants me to go in the attic. I'm like, let's just go buy new decorations. <laughs> so, so we never have to do the cleaning out the attic or cleaning out the garage looking for... There's no Clark Griswold but like going through balls. you're going to have a garage sale. And when you do, you're going to sell like everything that's in the attic to like a horror company. <laughs> like so some yeah. like, haunted, like haunted hayride or something. It'll just come to your garage sale and buy it all. <laughs> you know, we don't go too overboard. Like we just do the basic lights and stuff. Fair and, enough. You know. Yeah, you could like we. I went. Uh, Spirit's great this year. Spirit Halloween, like their Beetlejuice and Killer Clown sections. Are yes, in, in Haunted Mansion, really good, incredible. Yep, incredible. So whoever was in charge of doing Ghostbusters for years is doing that now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I always get bummed. I'm like, why does all this stuff look better than the Ghostbusters stuff? Like Ghostbusters is like, there's something about it. They're like, what do you guys think? Caution striping? Yeah, and a lot of it. <laughs> Look, I'll say the last, the last thing we'll leave on in terms of Spirit Halloween, and we'll kind of wrap up, is that I like a lot of things at Spirit Halloween. The one thing I'm never going to understand that Spirit Halloween sells, and this is not to put you down if you have one of your own, because I know that they stole it from franchises, is the ghost badge. Oh, we... Hold on. <laughs> I don't understand right. the Ghostbusters badge. It's like, hey, I'm a ghost cop. <laughs> yeah, it's that in the... Uh... <laughs> You see these at like vendors will sell these at like conventions, like the, the name, like the face ID badge looks yes. like a, yeah. like a, you work at a business park mm-hmm. badge. <laughs> yep. That's got a key card. You can open some doors yeah, with it. The it's key the, card yeah. Ghostbusters badge. So Ghostbusters, man. That firehouse is getting high tech with Winston dumping all the money into it. They got key cards now and you got Wi-Fi and all kinds of good stuff. So it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Wow. Uh, yeah. The, usually that Ghostbusters badge, because we bought it as kind of a, this is so silly. We have to own it thing, but I don't know where it is. Yeah. So, well, um, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for coming on. I hope that you'll come back again soon. You said you would, so I'm going to hold you to it. Don't worry. I'm going to now bug you. I'm not really, but sure. <laughs> but, um, I will be, I will do it. And, uh, if you don't listen to yes, have some podcast for some reason, go do that. Because it's a podcast that you will enjoy if you enjoy this one, uh, is my guess. Um, and if you haven't seen Toy Anxiety, if you're an action figure collector out there who's into that kind of thing, you should check out check out Toy Anxiety. Um, what else should do? You, anything else that people should know about that you're working on or want people to know about? No, that that's about it. Like I said earlier, we're 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 relaunching our YouTube channel um, to kind of divide the the toy and collectible content from the straightforward podcast content. Uh, but if you search yes have some on YouTube you'll find it and uh yeah we're just, we're we're we've had a very busy year we did a lot of traveling this year we went to 
Star Wars Celebration and San Diego Comic Con and all sorts of other stuff. So we're we're kind of taking it easy for the for the next little while and and get, I'm actually like this sounds like uh, blasphemy, but I kind of like the idea of Ghostbusters getting pushed back a little bit. Like I yeah. need some time to just breathe yeah, and chill totally. and like you know get the excitement going again. I I can't ramp back because I wanna. You know, when we did the premiere party, we had a party in New York for the Ghostbusters premiere. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I want to be able to do things like that adjacent to other Ghostbusters events. So, like, ideally, like, if they do Ectofest again next June with more planning, maybe we can do, like, a live podcast show or yeah. some sort of get-together or right. something. Um, but that, that stuff takes a lot of planning and stuff. So just a little bit of, just a little bit of a break will be great. So everybody just, you have to like think happy thoughts across your fingers and keep your eyes like open for, you know, there's a lot of time to go, but like there's the potentiality that that would be a very cool thing. You know, it was a lot of, I know it was a lot of work for you all to put that effort, that thing together for New York. Um, but I know that for the folks who were there, it was a, a incredible experience that they treasure. So it was work. great. It was just expense. Like it was just really like we, you know, we had to charge a good amount for those tickets. And yeah. like, it was like the least amount we could charge to still lose a considerable <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> like, like, what are there we was willing no to lose even. on this? And how can we yeah, make up exactly. the difference? Yeah. There was no break even <laughs> right. by any means. Um, but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a cool, it was a cool thing. And like, I like to be able to do stuff like that. Um, Cause I think it's fun for the community to have, you know, like community events like that. And like, we're, we're not a franchise. Like right. we don't, we, we are friends with a lot of people in franchise, but we just kind of do our own, do our own thing. So, yeah. uh, just look out for, for more of that. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on and, uh, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right. Take care. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of Extraplasm. If you've got something to share for a future episode, or if you'd just like to comment and share something about how you felt about the episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Extraplasm, or you can email the podcast at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, please do me a solid and feel free to uh, go off and write a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever podcasting platform of your choice uh, because those reviews make a big difference in helping a podcast find its footing and connect with fans like you who will like the same kind of stuff. So if you have a chance to do that, I'd really appreciate it. It helps out the podcast a lot. And with that in mind, I want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Extraplasm. And as Ernie Hudson would say, try to have fun and always Keep on busting. Take care.